0: I kept noticing, like, when you hear those things, you say, chairman, move to strike the last word. Yeah. Everybody says that, right? And I go, what the fuck does that actually mean? But because they want to see more
1: and because they've been so bought in for so long, they can't come out and say, I believe that this happened, but before we can impeach, we need more evidence, right? That Elizabeth Warren had stolen intersectional valor (laughs) by a line about her hair. Welcome to the salt of the streets Coming at you every week With this food for thought Hope you ready to eat With everything going on in this nation We need some information And that's why salt need to be stationed In your rotation With real talk and real topics Real people, real problems Think we need some help to solve them And leave it up to Colin and the Donovan right, Cause that's, that's a, that? Uh-oh. Man. Let's get ready
0: And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix Rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship We are back in a new studio to salt of the streets podcast this is saturday december fourteenth, twelve fifty three 53 a p m <laughs> episode 75 and uh, welcome back everybody to the salt of the streets podcast your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news pop culture and sports that you can handle and the best part about the whole deal it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me the everyday normal person so come down and Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and continue our endless endeavors in bridging the gap between people and information. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not the right line, but I'm going to – we'll make it. But you this got line. it. It's close enough. It. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Colin. I'm Donovan. Always flubbing lines. It's a good time. And this week, we're, we're talking impeachment. We're talking 2020. We're talking mass shootings and gun control and hopefully some Michael Vick. Definitely some Michael Vick because I really want to talk about At that. At least a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, and then we'll just see what else happens on that. Other than that, that was it. We, had a, we just wrapped up a nice little pre-show. And uh, oh, crap. I forgot to tell Carolina we were starting a pre-show. She's all pissed now. Damn it. My bad, girl. My bad. I told her I would, too, because she's working hard right now, yeah, and I'm no sitting here drinking beer and smoking weed, so, <laughs> you yeah, know.
1: Uh, but You we work were, really hard during the week, so.
0: I do. I work very hard, Donovan. Even yeah. my boss told me to, you know, he was telling client the other day, he's like, yeah, he's, he's great at his job, man. Bro. He's like, what?
1: You're fucking hustling, like, all the time. All the time. All the time. All of the time."
0: Uh-huh. You remember last year when I went to New York, or last... It was like in summer. I don't remember when that was. But uh, I w- had all these grand endeavors about trying to make like a travel dock and all this stuff. And obviously it didn't happen. Well, no, got, this time, I, get it done, bro. I got 10 days over there. And every day minus two of them are completely full with, you know, family events and stuff like that. So I am not going to go over there to do <laughs> any work stuff whatsoever good <laughs> it'll be good because and i have to deal with the fact that i'm going to new jersey now instead of new york which is something that as a non-native or a uh what would you call it like a it's not not my native land but that's where i grew up so that's like my uh my home i can't remember the word i'm looking for i'm an idiot adopted yeah there you go I'm an adopted New Yorker. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. I took I the official know. test on Facebook and it, I I am a New Yorker for sure. Mm. But yeah, I'm going to do that. They have a I – I've been mean, wanting to ask you about that. You know that new mall that new they were putting up in Northern Jersey? Did you hear about Ye- this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like a thing they're all proud of, and everybody's like, dude, it's 2019, and you're building a mall. Right. But apparently, it's all supposed to be like entertainment-based, not like a retail-based. Are you going to go to it? Hard, yeah. Hard, yes. Hard, yeah. Okay. But uh, I haven't tasted this beer yet. Mm. Oh, my God. It's yours. Oh, well, thank you. You don't like no, it? No. Oh, I mean, it's okay. It's you know, okay I can see but... why you're not into it. <laughs> it is a pretty dark beer. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll show it off to the people because Lord knows that's not something that we can. No, that's my day for.
1: fourteen Christmas beer. My mom got me a beer advent calendar, um, and the last two have been super dark and Christmassy, which is just not really my thing. But that is
0: super Collins things. So. It is. I like the dark, spicy, heavy beers. Yeah.
1: So there you go. oh Oh. carolina
0: says say hi hello oh Oh, man the birth of our godson and yeah the moving to the oh yeah she's like come she's running narrative on the pre-show to me right now (laughs) so you're getting a small recap uh well how do we uh talked about jersey oh
1: can i have that green beer
0: yes you oh yeah no you just have to go without (laughs) beer man you gave it up (laughs) um i was doing because i am going to north jersey right Right. and we just had that shooting which we'll talk about later in jersey city yeah it's less than three miles away from where i'm gonna be at that's i was like
1: you're gonna stay at
0: (laughs) yeah i was like man i mean mind you over there everything is in within three miles yeah because everything is right there it's a pretty small area yeah i think. The full length of Manhattan is maybe three miles. I don't know about that. I'm talking out of my. It's just dense It's as not well. very. Yeah, it's not very huge. And it's just everything is so close together. I mean, between Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan and Staten Island and, and then north, the whole north side of Jersey is basically just it's New York that isn't New York. Yeah, you man. know, it's it's a weird situation going on, but everything's super close. But it's going to be weird. I I might. I don't want to say I want to drive by it. Does that seem weird? Like I want to go check it out? You're asking me if
1: I... No, I don't think that's okay. weird. Okay. I think that I would do the exact same thing if I was going to be going to an area that was that close. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely try and, and drive by there. I would try and walk by there if I could.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, it's Jersey. Shoot. I don't know. It's a uh, it's a pretty Jewish neighborhood and i'm right this was a I'm kosher with grocery
1: let's just fucking talk about this first right sure um did you want to go over the details uh,
0: well yeah so this was the details the details let me pull up my page here i'm ill prepared so here.
1: manhattan is
0: 13.4 miles long what? <laughs> so i was like almost right just add a one on what i said <laughs> it's a uh, two and a half miles wide Okay. But it's 13.4 miles long. I'm trying to remember exactly what day this was on. Yeah. That was the date that I was looking for. But there was a... <coughs> Excuse me. Thursday. So, this was last Thursday, the 12th. 12th, 12th. I can do math. And, yeah, it was a... Which, it, it's been really hard if you read a lot of these articles about trying to... A lot of people just say it was a, it was a mass shooting or it was a some of the nomenclature they're using anything, you know, a homegrown terrorist attack or, you know, there's all these different things that nobody's really calling it like an anti-Semitic right. shooting, which is kind of weird for reasons we might get into later. Um, but as it looks right now, there was two individuals that uh, sounded like they were already wanted by the law. And earlier that day had um, shot an a unmarked or like plainclothes detective that I think was investigating in, in some capacity for unrela- you know, for other crimes. And they shot him right in the head and so right before yeah. they went down to do this shooting. Um, they went down, and I've seen the – have you seen the, any of the footage from it? I have not. There's a lot of it, and it's, it's wild. It's It's a weird, like, shootout for a long time. Right. And there's things that are said which are weird, and it's – but anyways, they – it looked like they were trying to get into the Jewish day school or the school that was across the street from the grocery store that they went in. And when they didn't get in for whatever reason, they just turned and went next across the street to the grocery, to store. The grocery store and yeah. then shot that place up. And ultimately, I think there were six people total killed, including the detective and the two uh, gunmen and three people, I think, from the store died, including the owner's. The owner, or the owner's wife. Not that it's that factual, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a situation that could have been a hell of a lot worse for one. The shootout went on forever, and I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of rounds being expen- yeah. expended here. This was not like a short thing. Um, and trying. It sounds like the the two individuals may have been affiliated with. And it kind of, depending on who you listen to, they definitely were, or it was like they might have a slight correlation to or slight link to this group called the Black Hebrew Israelites, who you may remember last really appearing in the news back when we talked about the Covington kids. Yeah. um, Because they were at the same event and they were, you know, being problematic. But uh, that's the mayor of... Jersey City, had come out and was basically, obviously, insinuating this was a anti-Semitic attack. Right,
1: right. I remember hearing that he, him saying that, yeah. Yeah, but depending
0: on the stories you read, it's not noted that way. Not confirmed I mean,
1: that way by the detectives yet or by the police.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, you could call it, you know, when it first came out, there was a lot of drops of uh, white supremacist shootings. And then as you're real, you started to read into it and find out like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And a lot of the articles have shifted and changed around this whole thing. And that's almost the more interesting side of the story. Because factually, we're talking about two radical ideologues who went to the f- the further extreme you can and committed violence in the name of whatever they their ideolo- ideology dictates them to do or whatever. And that's something that we don't we don't see a uh, we see it a lot. We'll just say that it's it's almost like normal for mass shootings to be ideologically driven these days. Yeah, like with Vegas, there was a weird one because nobody really knows why or anything like that. You know, and there's school shootings where you know it's like a bullying thing or like an antisocial thing or, well, or just a random thing, anyways.
1: Especially with white supremacy, I mean, uh, the the CIA Charlotte's director, there. well, Christopher Ray. This, he's the FBI director. He he testified as much, I think it was like a year ago, that, you know, he was talking about the different types of terrorism that they're looking into and that homegrown terrorism generally considered, you know, or generally turns out to be, um, based in white supremacy. Um, and that's, you know, they've seen an uptick in that in the last, you know, like decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, we've seen that in white supremacy and anti, anti-Semitism. Yeah. generally go hand in hand you know they're pretty generally they're pretty um uh close to one another whether you're strictly an anti-semitic group or you're straight
0: across you know white supremacist yeah. but um, they're generally pretty close together <laughs> it's like you don't have to be a white supremacist white supremacist to be anti-semitic but it's almost can you be a white supremacist or can you be anti-Semitic without being a white supremacist? Obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> especially when you look at the uh, the area of the world where anti Semitism is most common. What was that noise? Somebody screaming? Oh the mic stand. <laughs> it was the mic stand. I was like the dogs go nuts, and I, I could hear something in the headphones and I was like, it sounds like a dog whining or something. That's too funny. So I apologize for that one. My bad. Uh,
1: don't worry, I told you I've hard shots, baby. Hard shots.
0: So that's you know, because we had that shooting, we had the the UPS shooting, what the what I'm commonly hearing as the UPS shooting. Yeah. And then there was the shooting in at the Navy base in Pensacola. Right. That happened. And To be perfectly honest, I've been so occupied with trying to move and get everything set up. The only one I really dug into was that one in Jersey City because it's uh, so close to me and my knowledge. I know a little bit about the Pensacola one because one of the guys that works for me, his brother-in-law and his sister live on the Navy base in Pensacola. And so, like, they got locked down and stuff. They were never in any kind of harm's way. Her husband was out on orders and she was just at home on the opposite end of the base, whatever. But she had called him the morning of, and it was like freaking the fuck out. Cause yeah. they, you know, and I was like, Jesus, man, But that's other than that, that's really all I know about that one. Uh, I know that he was a Saudi national there on training orders, essentially, which is something that I've dealt with directly, even in the coast guard. One of the bases I was at, had a ton of different nations that had people there for leadership training. Yeah, that spot.
1: That's interesting,
0: but but yeah, that's really the shootings that went on. I mean, that's only two weeks. We had what three shootings in two yeah. weeks. That's that kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Well, and I didn't. So so let's save those ones for the next time that that we're here that we can because we we got impeachment's going to be a that one's going to be, be big. More, um, yeah. <laughs> so we can we can hit on that first. Uh, we we talk about you know a lot of this stuff. As it happens, as the articles and stuff come out, and, and you can see those things, you know, on our social media. Um, I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Dom on Instagram, and he's at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Uh, we have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, the Facebook at Salt of the Streets, and you can find all that on salt of the com. So, <clears throat> do you want to start with the impeachment inquiry? Here? Oh, let's do that. Um, so, <laughs> We've gone over a lot of the facts before, and so I don't think that we're really gonna do another, you know, outlining of that today. I think it seems kind of mostly what we're gonna be doing is kind of deconstructing some of the arguments from either side, you know, and yeah, um, kind of pulling away the bullshit uh, that's come from it, and obviously some updates because uh, there was a couple of different hearings, and then obviously the actual in. Vote uh, from the Judiciary Committee came mm-hmm. out yesterday that they were going to pass on the articles
0: onto the full House. Um, and a surprise, surprise. Just yesterday morning. So um, there was there was only, I think, one because we never we didn't learn anything new per se over the last two weeks. Right. It was just we had the hearings, and I don't think there was much new information to add to what we've already right. brought up. Right? For there was there so was, many weeks.
1: Was one hearing with four different legal scholars in which they testified? You know whether or not they thought that the evidence that had been presented was impeachable. Um, and then there was another hearing to introduce the articles on the tenth, and or the articles were, in, were introduced on the tenth. Um and then there was also a, I'm sorry, uh a, a hearing with the lawyers from either side for them oh, yeah. to for them to break down the cases um for, you know, against impeachment and for mm. impeachment. Um but again, neither of those revealed any new evidence. It was, you know, going over the information that we had heard for the weeks before. Yeah. And so I'll link back to those episodes that we talked about
0: in a couple weeks ago, you know, breaking down the cases. Um because it's very perspective-based at this point. It was we were getting everybody's takes on their thoughts about it, and then with their background, say with the Democratic Councils or the Democratic Council and the Republican Council, um, they obviously had more of like a legal perspective to bring to things. And then you had your constitutional scholars, three Democrat appointed and and one, well not appointed, yeah. but. Um, Democrats got the call three. Chosen, Republicans got yeah. the call one. And um, the partisanship was pretty, pretty black and white. <sighs> most you know, most everybody's councils, right? Um, but yeah, and then right before the we the actual judiciary hearing where they voted on the markups for the two amendments that are in the impeachment, there um, are two articles that are in the impeachment uh, document. And that just – that was like a rodeo of, you know, it was like a 24-hour. I don't know how long it went, but it was fourteen hours it, it was ridiculous. And so, I don't know about you, but while I was listening to that one, maybe we'll just start here breaking down some of the, the process that goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept noticing, like, when you hear those things, you say, Chairman, move to strike the last word. Yeah. Everybody says that, right? And I go, what the fuck does that actually mean? And, you know, it's obviously a parliamentarian procedure. Right. It's some kind of parliamentary thing. And so, I I wanted to find out what it meant. And it's really, you're, you're officially saying that you're wanting to propose a change to a portion of the articles or the amendment or whatever it is that you're voting on or debating at that point. And so, that's just the the parliamentary way of being able to say something. They're allotted like five minutes every time they call for that. And you can right. do it as much as you want. And so, that's kind of why it went on and on and on and on. And so, that was something that was kind of new that I've learned throughout this whole thing. You know, more of a curiosity thing because you hear it all the yeah. time if you listen to C-SPAN as much as we do. And I've never really known what it's meant. And so that was that was something new that I learned this week about and that's been one of the nice things about the impeachment process going through. Yeah. And the Republicans narrative throughout most of this has been the process is is there's a this screwed up process, it's a, it's a sham process is one of their favorite words. So I go okay, right. so what's this really supposed to be like? And it's supposed to be whatever way the House speaker wants it to be.
1: Right, and that's one of those arguments that, that we were talking about that uh, okay, is they a lot of the Republicans keep talking about how there's there's no due process that's been given, you know, yeah. and that's due process. We talked about this when the, I believe, when the impeachment inquiry was first, like, formalized, right? We talked yeah. about the fact that this is not a legal process, it's a, it's a political process. Purely. Because, right, and so because it's a political process, the legal term of due process doesn't the, it doesn't it doesn't pertain to this it, right it doesn't apply to the situation, yep. right? That's a judicial the, process. Right. So <laughs> the rules were made up in what was it, House Resolution 66 or whatever the fuck it is that they keep citing, you know? Yeah. That laid out the rules of how this impeachment inquiry was gonna happen. And there's no rules in the Constitution of how this is supposed to happen. There's Man, I don't want to fuck with that. No. (laughs) It's getting too close to the bottom. I don't trust it. All right. Yeah, it's pretty much the the oil in there. But... um, So, because there's no rules or procedures written out in the Constitution, it's it's up to, you know, whoever is in the House or whoever the leadership is in the House at the time. So... The due process argument not only doesn't apply because it's not legal, but also doesn't apply because the president and his legal counsel have been given every opportunity to come and be a part of this process and and have chosen not to. Mm -hmm. And so all this rhetoric about, oh, the president hasn't even been able to be here and represent himself, hasn't even been able to be here and call witnesses or any of this stuff, it's – when when this was decided, the president said that he wasn't going to wasn't going to involve himself in the impeachment inquiry. He wasn't going to play along with it. Yeah. So But I think it happened on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Which surprise, yeah. surprise there. But yeah. um but either way he's he's still chosen not to, you know, I mean we if we know when there's gonna be a hearing in the House then certainly the executive branch knows when there's going to be a hearing in the House. You know, yeah, yeah. they know they have the opportunity to be there. I'm sure that there's a letter or something that's sent to the White House that said, this is going to happen on this day. If you yeah. want to have legal
0: counsel there, if you want to call witnesses, you know, to this, then... And even not, dude, it's right. It's Washington, D.C. Makes phone calls. You right. know what's going on. He's the President of the United States. He knows what's going right. on. So, yeah,
1: the argument of, the, of due process or the President... <laughs> president not having had the opportunity to to try and defend himself it's it's nonsensical it's uh-huh. garbage and i've heard that in a couple of different places yeah um and it's, it's i can just, understand it's, a try, it's just a way to try and attack the process you know to try and say that it's not fair when well it's, that's
0: it's, and that's what right that attack is it's that's where that the what they're saying when they say it's a sham process that's where that comes from is It, they do have a a point when it comes to saying they want to call witnesses too, and they're not being allowed to call the certain witnesses that they want for whatever reason. And again, it is the speaker's prerogative to Mm -hmm. not do that. So I can under, you know, I understand the argument. It's not a, it's not a winnable argument or anything. And all they're doing is politicking at this point. No, I, I get it, but it's, you know, just because the speaker wouldn't let you call Hunter Biden in and Joe Biden right, and right. all these people, it's like, well, of course, why would they want that to happen? So let's talk
1: about that for a second, right? Because the whole time that I'm listening to this, I keep thinking that, you know, when they're talking about the people they want to come in, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, people. The whistleblower. Like that, right. I don't I don't I truly at this point don't see the relevance. <clears throat> with whatever happened with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in Burisma I don't see the relevance of of how it applies to the situation I no.
0: don't <laughs> it's it's corruption it's all corruption I'm investigating corruption yeah I, I mean and
1: not only that but in in no way whatever happened with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in in the Ukraine it doesn't justify any of the weirdness or whatever behavior is being Testified that happened by people who worked in the Trump administration, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not weird Democrats that are coming out and are saying this shit. And even whatever would happen with a whistleblower at this point seems really kind of irrelevant because it it just sparked all these people came in and testified afterwards that verified what happened. So yeah. it it started this, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it matters, even if the whistleblower does show up mm-hmm. whoever they are, and you that's know, the an argument were, that the they allegations they came out with were corroborated in the end anyway. So yeah. even if it was a partisan account that
0: came out, right, a, a partisan person who, a Democrat, it, that's because mm. that is the yeah. that's their argument. I mean, you hear Jim Jordan spout that off a thousand times, right, throughout this whole thing, and it's like you know this guy was a you know he was a partisan Democrat. It's like, well, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it was. Okay, so if it was started in malice, it just makes it null and void, right? Maybe legally, but not politically, dude. That's right. not how this works.
1: And especially, I, again, I would agree with that if if the allegations weren't corroborated afterwards by a bunch of people who worked in the administration. Mm-hmm.
0: And so then there's – Secondhand or not. Of, like the, right. re, the reliability of their information is – However, it's incredibly subjective. But at the same time, they're still corroborating that whole thing altogether. And, I mean, these are people that the Democrats are bringing in on purpose because they think that they're going to spout, like, the dirtiest things possible. Right. And they're recounting what they say, and it's usually nothing. I mean, it's all weird. Obviously, we've talked about that a lot. But, you know, I mean, theres I don't know what the point in trying to pursue that angle is. If you're going to try that argument and say that, like, the, the whistleblower needs to come in so that we can prove that he's a partisan. Like everybody that's in this game in some fashion is a partisan in one direction or another. So, regardless of whether he thought that this was a partisan hit job or not, he's like, Well, you know, because of the way I think ideologically, because I'm a hardcore leftist, Democrat, whatever, I'm going to try to take down the president. It's like maybe he was trying to say that, but. Reliably or not, like the people that do not do themselves any favors, agreeing with what the whistleblower is saying, yeah, they're more or less corroborating that this stuff did happen. We're trying to figure out whether or not it, what happened, was bad or not, or how bad it was, or whatever the case, but. Like, that, why do we need the whistleblower? Right, I don't understand why we need the whistleblower. bro. Because
1: they're individually corroborating that stuff. All the people that testified, Bill Flay, Bill Taylor, Sondland, all these people that have come mm-hmm. in, Vinman—they're all individually corroborating this, this same—all these allegations, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge argument against these people testifying that it's hearsay, that they weren't the ones that were there, and they don't have first account information, and. Again, I would buy into that argument if the people who did have firsthand information were were complying with the subpoenas and were coming in to testify, right? Mm-hmm. But the people who would be able to testify firsthand about what happened, Mike Pompeo, all these people who work higher up in the, in the administration are not complying with the subpoenas that have been sent out by the House. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have any way to get corroboration from the people who would have firsthand knowledge,
0: yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's right. that's another angle that I wanted to hit on this is that's the so maybe we should just go through the the actual articles one by one because there's only two, right? There's only two the the two articles of impeachment are uh, um, abuse of power. And obstruction of Congress, and the abusive power has to do with, and again, I'll link back to these
1: episodes so you guys can get more information because uh, we're gonna we're not gonna do a whole bunch of the, you know, the we're not gonna repeat everything right, again. right. You know. um, but the abusive power has to do with the phone call and you know allegedly trying to get the Ukrainians to open up in or. Trying to get the Ukrainians to announce that they were going to open up an investigation into Hunter Biden and Burisma and, you know, make sure that everything was on the up
0: and up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the in, eyes of hip it helping out his personal re-election right, campaign. Which right. Is, and in exchange for, you know, for releasing
1: the, the defense money um, that...
0: Yeah, the military aid for right. Ukraine. Right.
1: So, and then the second article of impeachment war is for... Con- Obstruction of Congress, right? Yeah. For ordering the people who work in the administration not to comply with the subpoenas and not to come and testify,
0: yeah, and um, yeah, to bring it back to the subpoenas, right? I and I understand this. I understand this method of argument to the point where I'm almost thinking this is the way I think about it. Um, as far as say an official, you know, an actual by the books impeachment when looking at the constitution and in its entire context in that area, what they're really focusing on in the constitution is the separation of powers. Yeah. That's what all that it's breaking down that this is a, this is the separation of powers. Thusly it, it all lays it out from president on down to the judicial. And the fact that the president is telling his people not to comply with the congressional subpoenas is because they're trying to force a check and balance on the system. They're trying to check Congress's power by saying, no, we're not going to comply with this. And what does the judicial branch exist to do to weigh in on conflicts of interest in the separation of powers? And so they're waiting. Like when John Bolton said, I will comply with a subpoena when, you know, when I hear back from, the 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 judge you know when a judge tells me I have to I will because he's wanting to make sure that this is a it's a, it's for whatever intents or purpose he's just trying to say no I don't want to comply with this I'm going to make sure the courts sign off on it and then I'll comply with your subpoena so so that's they're more or less trying to force a check or balance check by the judicial branch so if they don't comply with the subpoenas. They will have to go to court and they will have to explain to the judge why they don't want to comply with the subpoena, why it's unconstitutional, blah, blah, blah. And then the judge is going to go, overruled. You're an idiot. This is not constitutional. Go testify. They go testify. Otherwise they would be obstructing justice.
1: So I halfway buy it, um, because on the individual side I can buy it. I can understand an individual saying I'm yeah, gonna like wait objectively, for the courts to tell me, but not when the you're way looking, they're thinking. But when you're looking at no, but the Intent. argument but the argument from the Democrats, right, is and one of the things that I truly feel at this point um is so let me start here, right? When I was watching Nancy Pelosi announced that they were going to, that she was going to have the articles of impeachment written up. Right. Mm -hmm. I had to write down. I truly had to write down the reasons that he was being impeached. So as to try and convince myself that I felt like this was the right thing. Because as I was Mm -hmm. watching it, I just was struck with like, this is not right. This should not be happening. You know, this is not. um, And prior to that, I was, I was pretty on board with what was going on, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, when I was watching it, I was like, that's, this isn't it, right? And I think that it's because
0: – Oh, because there's so much more. What
1: I, I almost feel at this point, um, the Republican lawyer that was brought in to testify, Turley, right, was talking about yeah. how this just wasn't quite enough evidence to, to do it, right? That what they were talking about, the allegations were certainly impeachable, but that they didn't have enough evidence to actually it. do it, right? Yeah. Which I feel – very confident about okay Mm -hmm. that's i i very much agree with that and that's i think where i landed at when i was watching nancy pelosi announce the uh you know whatever i whatever the fuck i just said when i was watching that yeah when she first made the announcement right right i started to buy into it right that's where i was at um and so that's why i feel like these people in higher ups you know the Mike Pompeo's and all them that need to testify, right? A- Giuliani. They yes. Giuliani, Bolton, they these people need to be in to testify. Mm-hmm. And so I buy in on the individual level that they would want to wait for the courts to come back. But mm-hmm. I don't see it as a viable check from the executive branch on the legislative branch. They're like, Oh no, we're not gonna comply with the subpoenas because you know we don't have to. I don't see that as
0: even a viable attempt at a check. I mean, I see that it's gonna happen, you know, mm-hmm. but I've I've well, in my mind, they're they're too worried that this is a partisan it's a it's not going to be carried out in a partisan fashion. And so they're trying to say like, hey, no, this is ridiculous they've been trying to do this since day one. People got elected to the House of Republic you know, representatives by saying, We're gonna go in there and impeach the motherfucker. And I it's they don't have a good track record. I think they have something here if they would just give it the time to get those subpoenas. And yeah, for the the few people that have kind of come out and said like i believe john bolton wants to wait cuz i believe john bolton would bury that man and he doesn't want to voluntarily do that and look like he has some kind of vendetta for getting fired or some shit i don't know no but, but I, I i could believe that but on a whole i certainly believe that it's it's not a an honest check against impeachment
1: no but what i'm saying is is that i don't think that it's up to the executive branch to decide How the legislative branch does it, you know? It's that's not within their grasp. The executive branch is not mentioned at all when impeachment is brought up in the Constitution, and that's we we
0: just said that that Mm -hmm. when it goes to the court, they're going to say as much, you know. And that's so. But is that not their right to do so constitutionally? Because even if the court's going to say no, this is not a partisan hit job. I don't think you you have to go testify
1: when you look at the. Like, right or wrong? When you, wait, wait. when you look at previous impeachments, right? When, especially the Bill uh-huh. Clinton one, there's, there was even a quote from Lindsey Graham that was brought up or it was, it was from the Bill Clinton impeachment talking about the Richard Nixon impeachment testimony or inquiries, right? Uh-huh. That when Richard Nixon declined the subpoenas from the House, that's when he lost the case, the case for impeachment. Right, Lindsey Graham said that. That's a quote yeah. from Lindsey Graham that was brought up in this one when, when the Clinton ones were going on. Right, yep. so the precedent has already been set that they can bring up an article for obstruction of Congress mm-hmm. if the executive branch is going to decline the if is going to decline the subpoenas from the House. Mm-hmm. So. I'm on board with the second article of impeachment of obstruction of Congress because that precedent has already been set in the Nixon impeachments and was brought up again in the Clinton impeachments. I'm on board. The first one I think there needs to be more evidence for. They need to get the people to testify at the higher-ups to prove the first article of impeachment for Mm -hmm. me to be on board with this to actually go through. The second one I think is totally valid because of previous precedents. I think that it's totally legitimate, and,
0: and I would just like to hear a judge say that because everything.
1: I don't is even think so it takes contextual. a judge to, to
0: see that. Man. I don't think so, man. I don't think so either. But I would rather have that built-in check in place and rely upon it if so needed, because the there is no way if the if Congress wanted a subpoena, all those people. There's like you said, there's no way they're not going to get a judge to say, yeah, you can subpoena those people and they have to show up. Otherwise, they'll be in contempt of court. They'll be in you know obstruction of justice. Right. You can't do that. So just make them do it. And they're saying like, I don't have to do this. We're like, fine, I'm going to fucking tell a judge. The judge is going to tell you, you have to do it. It's just going to take time. And they might actually have something there if they waited. In my mind, I, I would assume so. You know, and plus I mean, just wait on some other things, dude. Even if he gets reelected, the fucking all the the Southern District of New York cases are going to go through. The dude's already been like nailed on that charity scam and the Trump University scam. Right. He's 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 been guilty as fuck in all this stuff and had to pay a shit ton of money. Why do you think he's not guilty here? Just keep waiting,
1: right? And that's why I don't. I right. I I very much agree with that. That because I because of what i said about Mm -hmm. the first article you know that they need to wait and find out more information yeah i don't agree with it being rushed you know Mm -hmm. hold on to the second one because like i said i think you already got it the second one's already there and especially the longer you wait it's gonna it's just gonna be confirmed the more people that are forced to testify to confirm the first one it's gonna just cement the second article right you can
0: turn around and ask why giuliani was in ukraine while this was going on last right. week, he was in Ukraine. Right. Why the hell were you there this time? Let's add some more shit onto this,
1: you know? And it- I think that the only reason that they're not waiting is that unless they can prove actual bribery, like they were talking about, they mm-hmm. don't have anything to charge him with criminally for it's all all, right all they have is is political allegations and so if he doesn't win in 2020 which who knows right who knows whether or not he's gonna win in 2020 it's totally up in the air in my opinion right yeah it's but (laughs) so be a nail biter so the only way that this these impeachment charges are going to stick is if he's in office when everything is done. And so they have no. to rush to make sure that they can get it done while he's still in office. Because if he doesn't win in 2020, then
0: this whole thing was a waste. So what does that say, though? If that's the motivation, what does that tell you? What is this?
1: And that's is this exactly, an exactly what you talked about, that there are people that were running on impeaching him, that mm-hmm. his behavior is inappropriate from the beginning, right? And there's – that's part of what we've talked about before is that so much of this is opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's – whether it is genuine or not, right? There are people, all these different people in the Democratic section of the House – of representatives that have bought into impeachment at different points in time for different reasons some in the very beginning for grabber by the pussy some when stormy daniels happened some when the ukraine thing happened you know there was a whole bunch of people even Derek kimber right he didn't oh, yeah. buy in until the ukraine should happen and then he was like the fuck it i'm i'm signing on to you know to do an impeachment inquiry like we're fucking doing it right? Oh, yeah he wasn't on it at the very beginning like rashida Tlaib was. rashida Tlaib was as soon as she got in you know oh, yeah what was it the day she got elected or whatever she's like impeach a motherfucker like you said so i think that it shows you know that there are enough people that have bought in at different times like i said it may or may not be
0: genuine you know yeah.
1: and uh, i i don't know
0: Like how much weight that. does it really have but, i mean how many of those far out progressive dudes that have hated him since before day one how many of those people are actually like The real movers and shakers here. I mean, why is everyone else buying into it?
1: And that's why you need more, you know, because if you don't have more to legitimize that first article of, you know, of abuse of office, Mm -hmm. then you
0: don't or abuse of power. Because what is impeachment, but a political process? What is politics? It's the it's the Constitution and how we all Interpret it.
1: And if all of the votes are directly down party lines, you know, it's only going to
0: continue to look partisan as it is, you Mm -hmm. know,
1: which brings up another interesting thing. I would love to hear some judges
0: be like, y'all need to stop this shit. That's, you want to check and balance? (laughs) Clean your fucking rooms, guys. You guys need to figure this shit out and let's actually have a conversation here. So it brings up something else that I want to ask you about that I was
1: actually talking to Jordan about this week, right? Um, that one of the most upsetting things i think for people who are watching the impeachment inquiry and the impeachment process closely right and are trying to look at it objectively yes so people who are trying to watch the impeachment process objectively right people that are people like you and i people that are watching our show listening to our show because that's what people who are here are trying to do they're trying to Get all the facts before they decide whether or not the president should be impeached because this is a huge deal, right? Part of the thing that's so upsetting for people who are looking at it like that is that we know that there are at least some members of the Republican Party that know – that believe this but also want to see more. But because they want to see more and because they've been so bought in for so long, they can't come out and say – i've believed that this happened but before we can impeach we need more evidence right Uh and it's sad to see because they're not doing their jobs you know because they've bought into this narrative of trump or whatever for so long and they're not willing to actually come out and be honest they're not doing a justice to their constituents they're not doing a justice to the country because whatever the split is of congress and the house you know i mean there's some like, I think the last number I heard was 47% of people that are in favor of impeachment and 43% that are against yeah. it, you know, and that's not represented in, in Congress right now. And so there's a, a huge amount not of people not doing their jobs, you know, that's yep. so incredibly it, frustrating. Yeah. Or, or is that
0: percentage based off of population and location, you know, where do the, cause there's weight to district numbers and stuff, right. which can complicate it, but. I think you're generally correct though. Yeah, I don't know what that would and actually look that, like, but
1: I think it's incredibly frustrating, you know, to mm-hmm. to know there's people on both sides. Um well I'm not even going to say I'm going to talk about the Republicans more because there are some Democrats who voted against the articles, you know, that said that they yeah. that they weren't in favor of the inquiry. So I needed
0: to find out how many cuz Right. So cause there was a, a good number of them that were in Trump districts. And that had kind of like barely gotten a seat this last election. And there were some pretty battleground districts. And I'd be really curious how many of them, you know, uh, defected, if you will.
1: So there's at least some people in Congress that for (laughs) this reason, if not many others, you know, that we know they're not doing their jobs. Yeah. And that's extremely frustrating um, that Mm -hmm. they are not willing to go outside of the party lines, you know, whatever the current – uh, narrative is yeah and say you know this does look incredibly suspicious and i do agree that it may be impeachable if we were to be able to find more evidence because that's exactly what the republican lawyer john or john turley whatever his name is yeah, turley, said, turley but there isn't no one else is saying that no one else who was even up there on the bench was saying that same thing they were just saying that it was all bullshit it's
0: because he doesn't have to get reelected. you know what i'm saying and so it's that's, i think that's really all it comes down to yeah I don't think there's much more like if you think about it there should be a what would be seen as like a mass suicide on the Republican party by just simply those people are like I just want to know more right I just want to know more cuz this I don't you're you guys are talking crazy this stuff it's like there's a lot of red flags to look at but I don't see the bottom of that you know I don't see the factual evidence. I need. I want to find it. Can we? Can we find it? Yeah. You know, there's people out there like that, but with Trump being such a polarizing figure, there's so many people that are. They have. You know, there's Trump. Uh, what do they call that when he just drives you crazy? No, um, oh man, I can't remember the thing, but you know, like Trump the, derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, that's like people that are on like you know pretty hardcore. You know, solid conservatives like to say that about wacky leftists, but there's definitely an, an opposite to that. There's a poll, you know, a Trump fanatic, you know, platform on, right. you know, in <clears throat> one side of the constituency. And I feel bad for reps that want to do something right, but they can't say that in their district. Shit, they'd be seen as a, a Democrat lover or yeah. whatever like that, and that, that's almost even sadder to me than them n- doing it purely for you know, scummy political reasons and just right. trying to get reelected. Right. They're both bad, but it, it's like I almost feel for him trying to get reelected and be like, well, I guess I guess I got to sign on. If I want any support next year when I need to run, right. I got to sign on.
1: Which is interesting. There was, I don't remember, um, this is a little bit of a side topic, but I don't remember what he was being interviewed on, but Ted Cruz was saying that he was talk- going to introduce a term limits bill you know mm-hmm. and i think that that's really interesting you know that he said that his intent obviously was to try and cut down on partisanship you know that there yep. are too many people that are just focused on being elected and they're not just doing their jobs and that's something that's been brought up especially in like the libertarian type community you know oh the, yeah you know the more moderate conservative community people that are just looking and especially more moderate republic or uh democrats liberals, you know yeah, yeah yeah democrats um that are you know looking at term limits so that people will be more beholden to the constituents instead of whoever is funding
0: their campaign mm-hmm. next year you know and th- and there's a lot of things like there's a lot of strings attached to that that's not something that we can easily just be like well yeah duh there's pros and cons and it it definitely should be weighted but it man it is i think almost a necessity to try to look at seriously yeah. for sure because it's like yeah it it takes a lot a long time to do a lot of different things in Congress. Anything major that happens should take a long time. You know, you should go through multiple elections running on, you know, certain issues to make sure that you get a good lay of the land over time. But I don't know if you just, if you don't have that, like it, you almost need a little bit of the safety net so you can ride things out for, because being a rep is ridiculous. Two years. Right. You got to run again. It's like, man, that is rough. You're basically – you get like maybe a year in office and then you actually have to go campaign for a year.
1: Well, that's I think – you know, I think if you're doing it right um, and this is – you know, obviously I don't – apparently know what the fuck i'm talking about but i mean we ain't congress like, people seems like Derek kilmer has a good way of doing it in where he's doesn't seem like he's out campaigning all the time but he's doing community events and like mm-hmm. sending out you know newsletters and shit to always show that he's here doing things in the community
0: almost so, as if that's like the way you should campaign not just standing what i'm bully saying, pulpit and having a fucking rally
1: what i'm saying so he's yeah he's not doing rallies and shit he's out doing town halls and then doing small you know Kilmer in the community or whatever it's called where he's going to small business. Fourth July praise. Yeah.
0: He goes down and cooks pancake breakfast at the Kingston Yacht Club for Fourth July. What I'm saying. Dope. I dig that guy. I don't dig all of his ideas but I dig him as a human being. Yeah. Which I think is important. Yeah, it's... So, ultimately, to get back to what I... Oh, my! Oh, microphone down. We might have to take a quick break. (laughs) Welcome to the salt of the streets Coming at you every week With this food for thought Hope you're ready to eat With everything going on in this nation
1: We need some information And that's why salt Need to be stationed in your rotation With real talking, real topics Real people, real problems Think we need some help to solve them And leave it up to Colin and the Donovan right, Cause that's up. A, what. What's that Uh-oh. Let's get ready Charging? Good, we're charging We're fucking We're getting juiced up <laughs> And we're back as always, yep. Microphone fell off the old uh, desk here, scared yeah. the
0: shit out of me. This, this is a uh, this is a virgin studio. This is a desk that's in the wrong place, and some, I mean, these microphone clips are barely hanging on,
1: like halfway. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like you got to line it up just right; otherwise, it ain't going on there. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to create a new studio, though. I'm I'm excited about it. I got a lot of big plans for this little space. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Although my skylight problem now is a it's a new problem. I got to figure out how to open that thing. Yeah, I want to be able to open my skylight.
1: Just hit that thing with a with a blowtorch get it red hot, and then press it. You know,
0: up into make my own socket.
1: Yeah, just press it up <laughs> into that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this room is really built for for like a hot kiln like that.
1: Well, just a blowtorch, <laughs> you know? I could get, can, uh, yeah.
0: my brother's got a forge on the back of his truck. No. Dude, i, I mean, do it you in you like five minutes. You don't need Stick that. Stick
1: it in there. <laughs> Molten hot and just bloop. You could just as easily get a blowtorch on top of a little can of propane and that would do the job.
0: Do they, does Elon Musk still sell his uh, blow torches? Probably not. Because I would do it with that in a You're heartbeat. Really <laughs> extra right now. It okay. doesn't
1: need to be this extreme, but I guess <laughs> yes. It could, be could if you get a wanted. little.
0: Coal. Actually, I've been wanting to get one of those little blow torches for the kitchen. Actually, for browning stuff like that. And that's it's no different than what you would buy for like that little. It's like a Coleman propane tank thing, right. and then you stick the little nozzle on it, and it yeah. I've been meaning to get one from the kitchen anyway, so we're gonna have an experiment. He used to use those to take dabs, you know what I'm saying? Jesus, high power dabs, bro.
1: That's like that's how it's done. That's just mm. uh,
0: that's yeah. No, idea. you're right. I've seen videos of people taking dabs yeah. for a lot of people do that. Yeah, because you got to heat like the whole, the whole dish thing, right? Yeah, the whole you're deal. Right? The whole, yeah. it's the whole deal. It's too much for me. I can't it's handle. A nail. It's too involved for me.
1: That's just because you're new to the game. If you had been in it for like as long as these people have, you know, I don't like know, man, you would
0: be on it. You know, I have a vaping equivalent to that. <laughs>
1: exactly, and right? it's the same. It's the same. I was idea. super
0: into that, and when I was super into it, man, I I was rolling my own coils, and buying I was buying imported super organic cotton from Japan, yeah, and doing all this crazy stuff. And then I I just I didn't have time for that anymore, and I switched to the jewel.
1: Well, this is not <laughs> as involved as that, you know. It doesn't you don't know, have to be building shit, but that's,
0: that's it's true. That's I'm not really gonna blow the glass on my own on my own. No, no, people rarely do. The, the good nails are quartz. You ever quartz blown glass quartz. before? No. I've always wanted to do that. No, like make not. some cool shit. I think it would be cool. It's an interesting skill. Well, especially like as somebody that smokes a lot of, you know, weed, you see a ton of like amazing like just glass artwork. Yeah. It's like, dude, somebody made that. By hand. That's crazy. Out of glass. How do you do that? I might have blown it once when I was a kid, like on a field trip or something. Going to like Amish village or whatever. We don't have Amish villages out here though, do we? No, I don't think so. Yeah. When I was in the Northeast, people could relate to the same kind of experience. We'd go to like Pioneer Village. Yeah. But like they went to Amish village because there's Amish people out there.
1: Yeah. there's there no Amish people out here? No, I don't think so. Well, I guess there's not a lot of like giant farmland the most of those people are like like uh dutch uh yeah right. right you know like native shit like that so yeah that's not really there's not that many of that shit around no now. norwegian that's what we got yeah we are vikings yeah yeah and they don't do shit like that no so no we just have they're, to they're have down balls, for electricity you know they're all cool with that oh stuff. yeah definitely um no, but we definitely have like the Lewis and Clark villages, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. you can select the little forts that you can still go to and oh, yeah. shit like that. You like know.
0: the Revolutionary War forts and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, we Revolutionary have... War? No.
1: no. No, frontier shit. Like you said, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. That stuff. Yeah. We know after, what we're talking about. Post revolution, bro. West was like expansion. Well, that's way yeah. after
0: that. <laughs> Come on now, dog. Come it's on. not my fault, man. Yeah. I've been looking at get. I need to get this this book fucking Joe Rogan's been talking about a lot. Um, Oh, what's it called? Under the something moon or something like that or the sun, but it's all about, um, the Apache and these people that get kind of like kidnapped by Apache warriors. And they're like brought into the tribe and like they, they like, they're like immigrants to the tribe, forced immigrants, you know, they marry off and like have kids and just become, you know, <coughs> part of the tribe. and. Uh, and I don't remember what it's called. Crap. Um but he's been talking about that book a lot, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds like right up my alley. So I love that sure kind of stuff, what it's man. Called? Yeah. <laughs> Empire of the Sun Moon. Or the oh. summer moon. Empire of the Summer Moon by C. S. Gwynn.
1: Oh, that guy that he just had on there. Yeah, yeah and so I, that, I, I just that, started
0: listening to that. So
1: that's why he had that guy on there. because he's been yeah. talking about that. He's book. been
0: talking about it with like over the last few weeks. And I <laughs> Can you imagine like having that amount of power I
1: just want to talk to this guy yeah, yeah. like
0: you are so big and so important that whatever you're interested in at that time you're like man I want to go I want to talk to the guy I want to meet this guy I'm just gonna find the guy that does it the best yeah you know, be like hey yeah, do you yeah, want to come on or like I think in this case because I just started that actual episode it was like his publicist heard of him talking about um the show on the podcast or something and then like they're The Audible numbers that they had, like, shot through the fucking roof. Yeah. And they were, like, number one in, like, history on Audible or something like that for a couple weeks because Joe was talking about it. And so then they ended up connecting and getting on the show. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Short episode. Hour and a half. Kind of a bummer about that.
1: A lot of the ones with... Especially like more famous people like Edward Norton, you know, and shit like that. Yeah. Those ones are a little bit shorter. Some of them are longer. Like every time Kevin Smith comes on there, they're like, you know, four hours longer. Yeah. Still- it's because
0: the, they do but, the same thing. Yeah. You know, they they love that long form talk where they can sit down for like four hours to talk. Um, but he, I think Ed Norton did like an extra 20 minutes compared to like people like Bernie Sanders, I think. Yeah. Which was cool because it was – that was a really good episode. But that would be, It's so wild. That he can have that power. And not even really... I don't know. Like, he knows he has that power, but like he tries not to Doesn't know. Doesn't, like,
1: recognize it. You yeah. Know?
0: But like, wouldn't that be just so dope? Be like, God, I wonder who made all of these beers. Well, Made by this company. Hey, let's call them up. Let's we'll just up. find that
1: guy. We'll just yeah. bring him on here.
0: It'd be so wild. One day, Colin. Mm-hmm. One day. All right, so back to impeachment. Yeah. Do yeah. you have more that you want to say on impeachment? I mean, not really. I mean... You know, my stance on it is I'm glad it's happening. I just wish it would be running longer. Yeah. I I don't like this whole push through thing. I had heard on, I think it was Shapiro's radio show the other day that um, Mitch McConnell won't try to even call Giuliani in or the Democrats won't try to call Giuliani in during the Senate side of it. But how truthful that is, I don't know, regardless of who said what or who reported what from the Hill. I'll believe it when I see it type of stuff but but once we get going from here, they're talking you know probably trying to vote on it I think this coming week and then Mitch McConnell has laid out he's uh, he's kept the entire calendar month of January open for impeachment yeah so everybody's kind of waiting and ready for it. They still got to vote on it in the house and then we'll we'll roll and then it'll be impeachment time.
1: It's crazy that uh, that this is going on, and it seems that there's like so few people that, and I don't mean within you know Congress or anything, but general public people that seem to like truly understand how big of a deal this
0: is, you know. Yeah. It's- all right. The ones that bug me is the the ones that think it's a massive deal, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it bothers me. It's like, you're not even angry about what you should be angry about, man. Yeah. It's like this, it's not, I don't know, it bothers me. Yeah. And so I think
1: that, I think that, uh, I before where I sit is that I, I agree that there seems to be very substantial evidence, you know, that he did try and abuse his power to try and get, uh, at least, an, in, uh, an investigation announced, you know. Yeah. Um, and I believe that if there were people higher up in the administration that testified that that would be
0: corroborated. Um, all you had to do was not say announcement. Yeah. Um, all you had to do. I, you would have gotten away with it. <laughs> I also just don't think that
1: it's a very valid argument – that, you know, there's a like a lot of people saying that Gordon Sondland presumed, you know, they're like, oh, well, he said that he presumed, you know, that this is what was going on. But again, if you have 10 other people or eight other people that are saying that they were all on the same page, I don't understand how there's any validity to an argument that, mm-hmm. oh, well, he didn't mean that just everyone who worked under him was doing that, mm-hmm. you know, but that's he didn't say that. And he didn't tell anyone else to do that. But everyone who works on the third level, you know, if you're talking about the president and then, like, Giuliani Pompeo Bolton, right? It's this, it's this third level of people, the Marie Ivanovich, you know, the, uh, the Bill Taylor, Gordon Sondland, mm-hmm. that's this third layer of people. If you're saying number one never told anyone in number two to do anything like that, but everyone in number three just happened to be doing all of that or it happens to be saying that that's what's going on. I don't understand how that's a valid argument, you know, that they're just acting alone. I mean, I guess that there's – I guess there's some precedent for that in the past in the administration, you know, when you're talking about the Mueller report, that the only reason that he didn't get totally tied up in obstruction is because the people underneath him weren't listening to him, you know, but – for that to be true, then you would have to say that the people in that second tier, you know, are the ones that were deciding that we're gonna try and get this investigation going. You know, that the president yeah. never said it, but all these people that but John Bolton himself said that he wasn't gonna have anything to do with it. So then again you're talking about Rudy Giuliani, you know? And that's I think an extremely improper way to be handling foreign policy. It yeah, certainly yeah. is to the up to the discretion up to the discretion of the president, but that's an extremely inappropriate way. If you were policy,
0: if you were coherent enough, if that's a word, if it you is. were smart enough, does that coherent? I don't know. Whatever. You if you know, were I'll smart enough, you could probably make a a probable cause case for impeachment, logical and consistent. Boom.
1: Oh, coherent. You could, but I oh, think coherent. hegent is a word.
0: Okay, cohesion is probably what I was trying not to say. But anyway,s you could make that argument. If we were talking about, say, I forgot the point. I was trying to make shit. I'm sorry. Oh, man. You can make a cohesive argument. For, oh, for, for impeachment based on the executive branch running a fucking train on how we think as a Congress, as we the people, is running foreign policy. You can probably try to impeach him on that. And if anything, you probably wouldn't be able to impeach him on that. And remove him from office or something, but you can censure him or something like that and come out against him without the the threat of removal based on simply him enacting a foreign policy that is detrimental to not only the nation's relationships around the world, but possibly economically due to those deteriorating relationships. Right. You could probably make that kind of argument in some case because you don't have to you don't have to accuse him of a crime necessarily i mean high crimes and misdemeanors well what about just putting the country in jeopardy by going rogue and starting a small little tiny shadow government that runs around ukraine spouting off conspiracy theories and you know digging into random shit and right you know which it's your prerogative to do as president but what Spreading. if we fucking hate that and we decide that you are not deserving of this office anymore because you cannot carry out we the people's mission across the world yeah I, but i don't know if you i don't you could probably make a decent case for it and they tried to do that against george w bush i had that pulled up i forgot to show it to you earlier and i think i talked about it in that blog post i did on an impeachment a while back mm-hmm. but i mean the th- reading are like nine page however many short pages it is of actual text of the impeachment resolution with the articles laying them out it's like it's within two digits easily this is probably three to four digits this articles of impeachment written against george w bush goes up to like 35 man there's 35 different things in here from you know not you know endangering the health of 9-11 first responders Oh, it's another one. (laughs) Talking about his failure to plan for predicted disaster for Hurricane Katrina and just everything. All from the Middle Eastern WMD stuff to, I mean, huge. Yeah. Why are you not doing that? I mean, if you're just going to make a generalized abuse of power article, I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. Just make it as general as possible, not go real definitional. But I... It just struck me when I was reading those things again this morning and I was like, God, there's so little here. The last one I looked at when I did the blog was massive.
1: Yeah. So Well, and I guess that's that's what the danger is, you know, in not getting more information is that you're not able to pinpoint an exactly specific thing. I mean, you can point to it, but you're not able to prove, you know, uh, without a doubt – as as the republic as the Republicans are going to request whether or not it's it's fair or a bar fitting of this particular situation you know because as we've talked about it's not it's if you're looking at it through the lens of it trying to be proven in a criminal court or in a judicial court you know then then you're not gonna you're not ever gonna see it this way. I mean mm-hmm. you could, but it's it's likely that you won't, even yeah. after this these second tier players come in and
0: testify, you know? But <clears throat> I know it's all road leads back to Giuliani in my mind, though. Yeah. You know, this is the source of the all the problems, I think. It's just and you know, I think I said it last episode or something like that, but I'd stolen it from probably Shapiro. It's like You look at the last two major Trump personal lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, not a good call, you know, could possibly go to prison if he was investigated properly for being like a foreign agent or something like that or not registering or something like that. Right. But, and then before that, you had Michael Cohen in jail already. It's like, you don't got a bad choice of people, man. I don't like who you're bringing in here. It certainly doesn't look good. No. It doesn't. I don't think. You know, just strictly by the numbers, I just don't think it's going to go anywhere after it goes to the Senate, though.
1: Um, not I, not unless the subpoenas are forced. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, you know, senatorial subpoenas are supposed to bear more weight than House subpoenas. I don't see why they would. I mean, they're part of the same branch, but, um. I guess if Mitch McConnell is the one that's signing them, you know, then they mm-hmm. might have more power to them since it's not Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or whoever sending out the
0: subpoenas. But well, right. I have a feeling that since it's like directly through the Supreme Court at that point, yeah, like there's going to be like, there's probably no middle ground. It's just like we want to subpoena them and them and them and them as witnesses, send it to the judge. He signs off on it. All right, you got subpoenaed. You've been served. Show up in court. Right. So, I have a feeling that's the way it is. I I think that it
1: depends, you know. But if you said that there, Mitch McConnell's not likely to call too many, you know, people to testify, then, then what's
0: is he that confident already that it's just going to be nothing? Surely, on partisan lines, has he secured his his votes already? Yeah, I mean, and who knows how long it's going to take.
1: The courts, you know, to to force through the house subpoenas, you know, mm-hmm. which would just make things go back to the house for them to be able to do their testimonies and then go back in. I believe it. I believe it would pause the the trials in the Senate, so the House could do their testimonies, could carry out their testimonies that were the subpoenas were now enforced, unless they decided they weren't going to do it and just use that as precedent for the senatorial subpoenas. But even then, you have to try and get Mitch McConnell to be the one to okay the subpoenas. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly how it works. You know, if somehow.
0: Because if now the ball's in his court.
1: Well, I mean, if, 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 it, that's somehow, if somehow the House subpoenas were okayed by the Supreme Court before the Senate trials were over. Oh, yeah. You know. So
0: within and the next so, couple of weeks.
1: So then the House. Right. If somehow that were to happen and then the House is beholden with the, the right that we know is there. To have their subpoenas pushed through and hear the testimony of these, of these <laughs> yeah. tier two players. Does the Senate trial then pause so that the House can conduct these testimonies? Because like I said, you, you can't rely on the Senate using that decision as precedent to push through subpoenas for these guys because you have to get Mitch McConnell to okay the subpoenas. So I imagine. <laughs> That Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler in the House would mm-hmm. push to have the Senate trial paused so they could hear the testimonies and then use that as evidence in the ongoing Senate trial.
0: But, but they then you just, probably
1: have to restart the Senate trial if you have new evidence that's going to be introduced.
0: You know, I, don't that was that after start. I don't think that would happen. I don't think that would happen. I don't. I just by the time it gets to the floor of the House and actually gets voted in done we voted on it it's going to the senate i have a feeling like no a judge will say like no i'm not going to legally approve this subpoena because it's our the trial's already over at this case yeah you know i'll wait for one from the senate like it might be null and void at that point maybe just hold out long enough before it gets to the courts they'll move on i don't have to fucking worry about it i wonder if that's there's so many different angles to like requirements of all this stuff. The only thing I truly know about like requirements for, you know, how timely hearings have to be is the fact that it takes a very long time apparently for anything to go through the judicial process. Right. I have no idea if there's if there's deadlines or set, you know, time periods or anything, but I would imagine there has to be somewhere. So I don't know maybe those subpoenas are already on their way up through the chain of judges or something They does that stop the train? If that, if they trigger the actual impeachment in the Senate, right? I don't know. It's all very, it's all very confusing to me because it doesn't make a lot of logical sense to me. You know, I just don't understand the motivation to try to get things done as quick as possible at this point when we should just be waiting for more information. I don't see the, the, the gain for well, t- like a po- are on a partisan level, I don't right. really see a gain.
1: What I told you is because I, I think that they're not sure whether or not he's going to win in 2020. Because if if you're if you're a hardcore Democrat, right, then you believe mm-hmm. the Democrats are going to have a candidate that can win in 2020. And so if you want Trump to have to wear this, is going to have to happen now. Because even if you have a Democratic appointed Attorney General, if you don't have enough to charge him criminally, then it doesn't mean shit when he's not in office anymore. So if you want him to have to wear, you know, how, you know, this abuse of power and the contempt of Congress and all whatever else is going to be charged on him, then it's it's got to be done while he's in office. And that's, again, yeah, just to be clear, that's not my opinion, but that's, if that's what you believe, you know, Certainly if, you're, an angle, yeah. if you're super hard, if you, if you 100% believe right now that he should be impeached or removed from office, you know, then it's... It's probably in the base that you know that it's it's not enough to charge him criminally, but it's enough for impeachment, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think certainly I like I said, the yeah, second get him out of the here. Second article, the second article I think is I think is legitimate, you know? Yeah. I don't think that it is by any means in any realm of possibility or any realm of the world the executive branch to decide what the house gets to subpoena whether or not it's partisan or anything like that you know that's i think besides the point it's not up to the executive branch to decide that i i Uh. I
0: agree with you on that point i don't know i don't i don't 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 totally agree with you on the entirety i think they have the right to do it but i don't think i think this i'm just gonna leave it at that because i like the fact we don't fully agree on a certain aspect of something Yeah. you know because it's very rare nowadays.
1: <laughs> well, and I don't like I said. I, know, I guess I couldn't argue that they don't have the right to do it, you know. But I don't know what the point is if you can immediately, if you know that it's that it's going to be turned over. I don't know mm-hmm. what the point is. Um, it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense to me to to try and yeah.
0: Uh, I know yeah.
1: because to me it seems like you're opening yourself up to possible impeachment because it that seems. Not seems that's unconstitutional. It is, if you look at the way that it's set out, you know, it, it, like I said, the executive branch is not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. So to try and argue that they have, if they're an argu- Sorry. Let me, they're not mentioned anywhere regarding impeachment in the mm-hmm. Constitution, right? So to try and argue that they have some say over how the House conducts their impeachment inquiry, I think is a, is unconstitutional, you know? So, you're hey, you're, you're setting yourself up for a second article that I don't know if alone is enough to impeach someone, but certainly coupled with whatever the fuck else is going on that you're trying to to obstruct this, you know. Mm-hmm. That's your that's just a, a tacked on charge. You know, it's it's like running from the cops when you're already in trouble. You know, well, let me it's ask just you Just another question. charge, like that this, going to be, gonna be the perfect for- segue.
0: This is going to be the perfect segue. Just okay, so. And don't judge me for the inaccuracy of this statement, but it's a perfect segue. So, if that's the way you truly believe, right? Yeah. Well, then, when Jay Inslee and the (laughs) fucking A.G. Ferguson decide that your 15-round capacity magazine is now illegal. Yeah. It is now illegal for you to own that. You shouldn't have that, but you're not going to turn it in until the cops come knocked on your knock down your door because it's unconstitutional in your mind i know that's not right because that's not the way the bill is actually being written but right you know you, you do you get the constitutional point i would make certainly so what, like re, in reality i agree with you i want to know you motherfuckers we don't have to like impeach and impeach right now this is still this should still be inquiry I want to know what the fuck you guys have to say. Yeah. Don't push forward with this bullshit until the the subpoenas come back from the courts. But you should be given those things anyways because they are going to say you have to. They're just trying to play a time game because I think that puts more weight into your argument for for waiting on the election. They want to push it now to try to damage it or – Take, we're gonna roll the dice see if we can get him out of here. Which I and as think, we walk in against Pence,
1: which I think also shows that the president isn't sure if he's gonna win in 2020. You know, because if he was sure he was gonna win, then he would say fuck it. You know what I'm saying? He was like just just let it roll. Like I'm gonna be here anyway, whether they like it or not.
0: But no, he ain't gonna do that.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that it shows that he doesn't. I don't know. I think at least partially. Also, he thinks that it's not legitimate, so he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna fight as much as he thinks
0: that he's able to. But <clears throat> so we'll uh like in like I said, only on principle I disagree with you on that one. Yeah. But I will say if Jay Inslee comes for my well, I don't have anything, I guess that I don't have anything. <laughs> that would that would be I'd see I don't have a I don't have a dog in this hunt except for my constitutional God given right. Yeah. Um so do you know the absolute status and then I was pulling some up some articles about that. Um uh, no,
1: they just they announced that they were directing the le- you know the uh the legislature yeah, to to try and look into some type of bill that would Ban semi-automatic rifles,
0: mm-hmm. um, and we didn't talk about this as a topic, did we? Um, Am I throwing? I think you under the bus I just
1: here? no, no, no. I just said local legislation. As okay. I, so I, 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 vaguely mentioned you know this particular thing, but um, I well, think cool. it was well, that I might be able to fill you in a little bit. I think it was just Thursday um, mm-hmm. that I read the first article that it was that day. That yeah it was. The, That Jay Inslee and the attorney general had said, like I said, that they were directing the legislature to look into a bill to ban semi-automatic rifles, you know, like AR-15s and and Mm -hmm. the like, um, as well as high-capacity magazines, anything over 10
0: rounds. Yeah. Um, There was, there was three aspects that he was calling for: the high-cap round, high-cap, high-capacity magazines, anything over 10 rounds. And then it was the, they were defining assault weapon as any right. semi-automatic rifle with at least, least one military aspect. Yeah. And you're not muddying the waters any less, man. Right. You're not clearing this up at all. You're trying to – you're just going to muddy it up again. And then there was one more um, – I think I was banning the ownership of those or something like that. And also – there was three of them.
1: they also for – background checks for ammunition. Yes, um, that was the other
0: one, the ammunition if, background If checks. the
1: federal government were to open up the, the NICS, the National Instant Background Check System, if they were to open that up for ammunition sales, then we would already be on the list for having people do background checks for ammunition. Because currently, they don't allow you to use it for ammunition sales. Mm-hmm. But if they were to somehow change it federally, then we would already be full-on
0: database yeah they know you have a gun they know where you live and they know how much ammo you have yep which you know i mean whatever i guess i don't know the state's gonna go it's gonna do what it does we live in washington state who knows which way that's gonna go yeah whether or not i have a feeling the legislation will pick it up imagine they are there we have a pretty far left legislature in washington state these days oh i don't know this is the second petition
1: i've seen for um you know an impeachment of jay Inslee in the last six months uh so i signed one this morning uh, (laughs) this is the second one that i've signed in the last (laughs) six months so i'm not sure you know um I've also seen a bunch of people come up, you know, running against Jay Inslee in this next election, which I believe is in 2020. So yeah, I think um, so. So I'm not sure that Jay Inslee's even going to be in office come 2020. I hope no, not. There's going to be, I think, a whole slew of people that are not in favor of infringing
0: on people's civil liberties. That well, are, I mean, you got that whole Washington separatist him. movement that popped up again recently. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> so. Any, this is our side of the Cascades. That's your side of the Cascades. Yeah. Stay out of our
1: business. I can certainly assure you that I will not be partaking in
0: that particular um, piece of legislation were it to come up. No, um, and I'll definitely be. Well, I think there was a, gl- a grandfather clause in it. Yeah, there was no more new stuff. Be
1: investing prior to you know any mm. implementation
0: of because it's just uh, not right, man. It's, it's literally counter to the entire theory. The one theory that is truly valid of the Second Amendment is yeah. the fact that it's meant to protect you from the government by tracking how many bullets and what guns you have. Yeah. What? That's not. That runs totally counterintuitive, man. The founders never thought of the internet. They didn't know that could be a thing and right. instant access to you know. No, that's ridiculous, and man. And so
1: now there's even. Um, <laughs> I keep remembering that I'm like
0: behind the camera. Oh dude, I don't even know how this is going to look.
1: We may or may not Who have a video this week. We'll see. Um they're assembling Similar, you know, that happened in Virginia that when their whole state legislature flipped over and now it's the governor, the Senate, and the House in the state of Virginia that are all Democratic. They're talking about a bill that's limiting the amount of guns that you can purchase in a month and, you know, like a registry and all all that shit, you know, um, you know red flag laws and all this stuff. And there's a whole – a whole bunch of counties and sheriffs and people that stood up that said that they were not going to abide by these laws if they were to be brought up and passed through the legislation. Yep. They're like, well, I'm not going to enforce that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. There's um towns that have said there are you know they won't use yeah, community funds to enforce those laws. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's they were the, sanctuary the Second Amendment sanctuaries, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I heard somebody at the hate Shapiro on his radio show on I think Friday had Something talking about that from the Virginia standpoint. And like, that's wild to me. I mean, yeah, I I instantly thought of the the immigration sanctuary cities. Right. And I go, oh, I guess I guess they can do that, too. Well, each side can do that. Apparently,
1: we've seen sheriffs in this state say that they aren't going to enforce 1639. You know, so that's I don't, right. So I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibilities mm-hmm. for something similar to happen here. You know, that the sh- those same sheriffs would say, "We're not going to do that. I'm not going to enforce that."
0: You know, so <laughs> I. Um, so you listened to that episode of Dave Shapiro? Or not Dave Shapiro? Oh my God, Dave Rubin. Yeah, uh, that he wouldn't have probably said it in that one. In all his interview shows, like he's, I like the way he interviews. He's fun, he's stuff like that. But he says something that drives me up a wall. So, what's your take on this, or what do you? What's your take on that? Yeah, and it drives me nuts. And I almost just asked you that, but (laughs) I was like, so what is your take on this idea of? I guess maybe we'll broaden it out because you you think about the the relationship we have in today's modern nation, right? Between the 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 national level, the federal level, and the state level. Like, and we've talked about it before. Like, can you name one or two, maybe, of your state legislators or state senators? No. Why? <laughs> and we li- we do we talk about this shift for a living, right? Yeah. But I mean, not really. But <laughs> sad face. But the the idea of these individual states kind of acting on their their right to you know to states rights and stuff like that like to to do things like that and to have sanctuary cities in one state and have second amendment sanctuary cities in another state what is your overall take on states trying to like more or less flex their state's powers muscles and then maybe even like expand on like just the relationship between states and the nation and I do you know how right. proud are you to be a washingtonian
1: well i don't generally have a problem with the idea of states rights as long as it's not something that's laid out directly in the constitution because that's what's left up to the states mm-hmm. you know i don't immigration isn't i don't think part of the bill of rights or one of the mm-hmm. amendments thereafter so i i whether or not I agree with sanctuary cities, you know, I think that that's a little more open for debate because that's think not it's something in that's, their right. Maybe it's, it's more arguably, you know. But when you're talking about again something that's not just an amendment but in the Bill of Rights, you know, uh-huh. I don't, I have a hard time laying that out for states' rights. You know, um, to decide how they're going to interpret the
0: idea of the Second Amendment. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think that that's and that makes. So that I think brings up another question: is the difference between something that is like a constitutional question versus something that's like just a federal law question, like yeah. the legalization of cannabis? You know? Right, well, right. You know, where does are the two one in the same? Essentially, you're challenging that the federal authority, whether it be constitutional or legal.
1: Um, I think that there are. Yeah, I think that there's. Are- there's a slight difference, you know, between what is set out constitutionally and what is what was written afterwards. Yeah, because you know? what's, um, maybe not what's your constitutional
0: basis? But. It's almost a libertarian argument, right? I'd say at that point, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, that, like I said, I mean, you know, again, it, there's nothing in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or the amendments written thereafter or added thereafter that dictates that cannabis is illegal in the United States. You know, and so that. Anything that's not in the Bill of Rights or in those amendments is left up to the states. That's how it's written in the Constitution itself, yeah. you know? Um, so, <clears throat> so it, again, that seems like an easier argument to make, you know, that this, this is a state's rights issue. This is not laid out in one of these amendments. So mm-hmm. it's left up to the states, you know? But when you have something that's the Second Amendment, you yeah. know, it's, it's number two. That's not really a state's rights that's issue. That's a little this bit more weight to your here. argument. And if the federal government has laid out how the Second Amendment is to be interpreted, you don't get to decide that you're going to interpret it a different way,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Um, It's kind of like why it's okay for cities to have bans on handguns or something. Because right. it's a small, you, you know, as far as the nation's concerned, you don't live in that city. Who the fuck? Do you, you know, if you live there, you have a say, try and do what you can to do whatever ends you want to do. But, you know, that, that, yeah, that's, that is interesting because obviously they interpret the second, you know, collectively in a majority, you know, status. They agree that the, they don't agree that the the second amendment in the constitution says that you can't ban pistols. I mean, nothing says you can't have your rifle or whatever it is or whatever's legal in like New York city or something, but you know, they can make up their own minds interpret thusly. And so, yeah, how far can you carry that down to the state level and, and be able to have, you know, what fucking Eastern Washington is going to be gun central and it's not going to matter. So, Because it's much easier to pick up and relocate to Eastern Washington than it is to like pick up and move to another country. That's, I think that's something I heard on Shapiro this week. That wasn't an original thought. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of original thoughts. I hear other people's thoughts and then think about those thoughts and then make up my own mind.
1: That's all right, man. That's how it works, bro.
0: That is how it works. That is how it works.
1: But I know, yeah, I'm not sure how I think that that will turn out um, as far as that legislation. I mean, word to be introduced, I don't know that it will pass if you're talking about on a state level. Yeah. Uh, But either way, just knowing that it's something that's been brought up now you know um it it raises some concern in my eyes and so it is something that like i said i'll i'll
0: certainly be investing um yeah it's a lot of a you know prior to that <laughs> yeah, um, just in case so. that's what happens when they did the the federal assault weapons ban back decades ago now yeah geez it's almost 2020 dude struck me the other day that it's December 14th, and I have no Christmas decorations up at my new house. Obviously, I just moved in yesterday, but still, it's Christmas lights. You know, I was, Carolina was, I was helping her build her desk for her Twitch room, you know, and she was playing Christmas music on the background. I'm like singing along and stuff. I'm like, God damn it, it's fucking (laughs) Christmas, man. I gotta, I gotta get with the fucking program here. Yeah. Do you guys decorate much for Christmas? Um, Yeah,
1: we have some stuff inside the house. Um, We don't have a whole lot of stuff outside the house. And Jordan's grandma is gone this year. She's in Florida visiting her son for like
0: a couple months. So, yeah. So, you guys got the... We got some some stretching room.
1: Mm. Um, Cappy Pitts is upstairs, and then also our family mm. from Chris is
0: upstairs. Because so, okay. Jordan's grandma has dogs and shit, you know, and we can't be fucking can't be dad. responsible for all that. You got a kid, man. Can't be doing that. You got a yet. kid and a dog and cats. Exactly. I got other shit to to deal with. Yeah. Live you know. your life. Yeah, I gotta go I gotta go home
1: and see the dog later. That's what I'm <laughs> doing right after this, is just going home because the dog is gonna be
0: fucking Oh, dude. So much separation anxiety. Yeah. You've seen that, the little, the little thing over there.
1: It just looks like he's going to fall apart. He's you know?
0: so tiny, dude. Yeah. He's like a skeleton with skin. Yeah, it's weird. He's a cool dog, though. I'm not going to lie. I don't like tiny dogs. I, did, tiny I didn't dog used to. That's a, that's a problem. I actually saw a meme on Twitter the other day about that. I can't remember. It's some radio show host out on the East Coast that I was following. Kind of a, a young gun that got into it recently. And it's like, I keep I'm like, in the replies, I'm like, yeah, see, you should start a podcast. Yeah, you see, you should start a podcast and just do that because you'll probably make more money that way. Yeah. Radios don't, I mean, doing radio doesn't pay shit unless you're like one of the maybe 100 people nationwide that have like a fucking syndicated show somewhere. Right. It's a wild thing. This is the new radio, man. Yeah. It's this, the whole thing. I mean, fuck the, the advances in like technology now has created an entirely different society and it's never been more crystal clear than recently. I mean, I was watching those, I think I was texting you while it was happening the the video game awards, the gamer or the game awards, right? It's like a massive online, you know, award show like Huge that deal. rivals the Grammys and the Oscars and stuff like that. And there's, tons of people there and it is such high quality it's it's a better show i wanted to tweet it out but i couldn't find a good way to do it but like it's really sad that like the video game community can throw a better award show or a better live performance than like cnn nbc wapo and like all the people doing the debates and like all these other award shows they're all terrible this was great because it was an
1: event that you could attend in real life but you could also watch on the internet is yeah it?
0: i mean well that and just the overall quality of it there was no awkward you know live airing problems like we saw during the debates constantly like there was no weird showboating up on stage where people getting awards and stuff and and there was like Actors like uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel were there. Norman Reedus was there. You know, really, and then oh yeah, because they're they have a lot, they've had a lot of video games this year based on them. Like there's a new Fast and the Furious game on there, and they do voice stuff. Vin Diesel has been a like a lifelong gamer and very very public and like involved in the video game industry. And really, playing, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is a newcomer to it, but she's jumped in. You know. To jump into the deep end with that one. Um Norman Reedus is a the main character in a new Right uh, oh crap, what is his name? Death Stranding. Yeah, Death Stranding, the Kojima game. Here Hi- I can never pronounce his first name very well, but yeah, he's the guy that does like Metal Gear Solid and stuff. He's a legend.
1: I just watched a video. Like yesterday that was like the story of Death Stranding, so that I could understand what I want to know because I don't know. Was. It was like fifteen minutes, it was really interesting. I watched another video. Okay, so let me talk to you about this. Please. Okay? Um so we got Disney Plus. Right. Good, and good, good. So good. we've had it for a couple weeks, and so I've been watching Star Wars. Okay.
0: So, please tell me about Star Wars. So, talk to me about the prequels, right? Because I
1: know that you don't like the prequels, right? But
0: Not that into it.
1: um, I watched a video that was like 45 minutes long and it was the complete canon timeline of Star Wars, right? Okay. The movies, plus all the comic books and the regular books and like-
0: The new ones. Shows, all of them. Because when Disney bought it, they got rid of a ton
1: of stuff. So, from the beginning of time in the Star Wars universe to where we are now. Okay. Right? So, it is everything, right? That sounds really awesome. It was awesome. I'm right? watching that shit tonight. So it gave me a new appreciation for the prequels, but also made me understand why people hated them when they loved Star Wars or knew the backstory, right? Kay. If the only thing that you've ever seen is the movies, then I don't know how you don't like the prequels, right? Because, I mean, I understand that they look shitty, but they were also made the best that they could at the time you know Yeah, right? it's not like they were just cutting the budget and they're like oh fuck it you know we'll just fix it in post they truly at the time they looked really good you know mm-hmm. so i understand watching, oh, yeah, them, definitely. watching them now they look like shit you know but at the time they were they were sick that is right? yeah that's never been so, one of my beefs um but just watching that video made me understand why people could hate them because they don't represent what I think is a fantastic fucking storyline of like what's going on with the Clone Wars and shit like that oh, and yeah. like how all that's set up like it's a way bigger deal than how it's presented in the movies and that's so I understand that you know but there's a lot of people who just talk about the way that they look and stuff like that and mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks is annoying as fuck character so I get that you know that's oh, who cares? Uh, yeah. yeah
0: that's a thing that happens Yeah, my that's honestly my beast with the prequels is that I think they relied too heavily on the fact that they, it looked cool because yeah. it did. It was they were gorgeous films, and they st- I I still think they are. I mean, especially for the time. Um, but it's like little young baby Anakin Skywalker, like could not act to save his life. The guy that became you know Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker was yeah. just. It was more or less the acting and terrible stuff like acting. that. It, it was just hard to get through for me. Yeah, like the storyline and all that. I I'm all in. You know, I still watch the prequels now. I'm yeah. not. I'm not one of those people for sure. But they are definitely garbage compared to the rest of them.
1: No, there's this you awesome know. video.
0: Mind you, there are some like moments even in the older ones that you're like, Dude, that's you know, that's hokey yeah. with some of the acting. You know what I mean? So, it's not like it's really that different. Just some of them are better than others. And then, right. of course, now we've entered into a whole new realm. You know, the, I think Rogue One, you've seen that one? Yes.
1: Yeah. Rogue One is like, is probably the best new
0: Star Wars film. I love you know, that, that movie. That they
1: made. That one was really good.
0: Dave Rubin doesn't like that one. Why? I don't know why. What do you not like about Apparently, Rogue he's one. talked about it in some of his direct messages or something like that, but I haven't. I haven't gotten into it, but I I can't get on that one. He did an episode semi-recently with uh, the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pai. Yeah. Dude, you remember when the, we were talking about net neutrality and all that and talking about Ajit Pai and all this good shit? Yes. Like watching him on Dave Rubin, you should watch that because you find out who he is more as like a person. He is the goofiest, nerdiest, like well-meaning person who i think has like a, a good end goal in mind for a lot of things i just maybe the way he was going about net neutrality and stuff was weird and but it, i highly suggest that episode because it it brought a whole new light light to me about yeah. who object Pie is as a person yeah it was very enlightening well
1: and that's fine i mean there's a lot of people who are good people but then also do terrible shit in their jobs you
0: know so and it's that's one of those like well maybe you know the means was good but the way it went down probably not so good like you meant well but the road to hell is paved with good intentions as they do say yeah but yeah star wars i'm a fan where are you at on mandalorian um, I
1: think I've watched t- two episodes of The Mandalorian. Like you know, he, f- he finds the little the baby. It's not well, it's not Yoda. But- oh, no, so everybody me- calls it Baby Yoda. Right. So let me ask about The Mandalorian. Right. Because is that is the main character? Is he supposed to be Boba Fett,
0: or no? He's he's a different Boba Fett's dead at this point in time. Right.
1: Oh, right, right, right. So
0: yeah, okay, this is so- after. Return of the Jedi. The It's after six. that. Okay. Yeah. This is set in between six
1: and seven? That's what... Yeah. I'm more or less.
0: Concerned. I think it's like 30 years after Luke blew up the second Death Star. Yeah. And so, like, the Empire is in total ruins. And, okay. You know, that's why, like, you meet in Homeboy in an alley and, you know, which was dope, by the way. I like this little separatist Type thing like we're the last standing Roman legions or something trying to hold yeah. out and got stormtroopers and shit around this one guy who was like a a leader. Uh, I, I I'm really digging the storyline. Yeah, and the whole like tribal nature of this Mandalorian tribe. I know. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of like old canon, like the stuff that's not canon anymore. All those old novels about Boba Fett and bounty hunters and stuff. I'm sure there's. I have no idea what The Mandalorians were Or any of that stuff But what I'm getting now I'm loving every second of it Yeah I'm loving every second of it Well I
1: send you the video that I watched Oh you thank you <clears throat> Hey look there it is There it is What's up man Yeah you should peep it It's
0: It's very good Oh I definitely will
1: Yeah So do you want to talk about uh, The Inspector General's report
0: Yo <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. A little bit. I know a little bit about it. We, well, so, I mean, it's... it's <clears throat> okay. I've heard different things from different people, obviously.
1: Well, so Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General, put out another report, and this one was on an investigation on the investigation into
0: the Trump campaign. This right. is the old investigate the investigators line.
1: Right. And this report we we've talked about a separate inspector general's report before that was into Peter Struck and Lisa Page and the investigation into the Clinton campaign, right? Yeah. And in that investigation it was found that there was bias in the individuals who were conducting the investigation but it did not interfere with the actual investigation right mm-hmm. and so essentially the same thing was found in this one yeah that the people who were doing the investigation into carter page did have bias inside of them they didn't like donald trump they didn't like you know all these things that were going into it but it didn't interfere with what was going on the interference um was with the FISA application into Carter Page himself. Not yeah. into the actual investigation. It's just into Carter Page, right? Mm-hmm. Because he Michael Horowitz, when he's testifying, also is explicit that there was good reason to investigate the Trump campaign because there was really weird stuff going on. But actually getting like the wiretaps and stuff on Carter Page, there was Misinformation, you know, in the FISA, like in the process, and you know, there's just straight
0: lies and covering things up. And uh, there was a total of what they called seventeen total omissions, right? That could have possibly changed the outcome of getting that FISA warrant approved,
1: including one of them, including making it look like he's a Russian agent, in which he's actually a spy on the Russians for the United States. Um, and so they used this to get a wiretap on him to try and get information about the Trump campaign. Yeah. Um, and so I believe that the people who I watched most of that hearing um, and the people there did a really good job, especially Lindsey Graham. Did a, I mm-hmm. was proud to see that he had done his job. Jesus Christ. His job. <laughs> I just – I can't even
0: – Get the words out of my mouth in the right way, right? I was, Well, I just thought it was the fact that you're having to say Lindsey Graham did his job. <laughs> no, no. I just can't get it out of my mouth the way that I am looking for it. Anyway. Oh, I understand so, that struggle.
1: Lindsey Graham, right, did an excellent job making sure that people understood that it wasn't – a conspiracy within the FBI, right? Uh-huh. This isn't a confirmation <clears throat> of the president's conspiracy theory of a deep state, right? It's just that there were some bad actors within the FBI. Not that the FBI as a whole is like a shit show, you know? Yeah. Which I think is really important. And I was happy to see that that conspiracy theory wasn't pushed forward anymore, you know,
0: within this hearing. Yeah. Um, because Which I was slightly worried about. Yes. But given Horowitz's... Outcomes beforehand, I you know, I wasn't too worried about it, but well, I it was kind of half expecting it to have some kind of fucked up tilt. I mean, I'm thank God it didn't.
1: Thank God for Michael Horowitz because he seems to be the one person within the administration. Or anybody involved that's actually objective when he's doing his job and just collecting facts. And so he's being honest that like, yeah, there's a lot of shit that doesn't look good, you know. He also said that there's said there's people in other field offices that lean the exact opposite way, you know, that are strongly in favor of Donald Trump. But it's the same thing, you know, but mm-hmm. that also doesn't have anything to do with this particular report. So I'm now reporting on the FBI as a whole, you know, or the people that work in it or their political leanings or anything like yeah. that. I'm only looking at the people that did this particular investigation involving Carter Page and these FISA warrants and the courts. And so it was like – I don't know the one hearing I've seen in a really long time that wasn't a total shit show. Yeah, and I was like, this is really well rounded and expertly explained. I was, was super happy about it.
0: Yeah, it was very strange to me to listen to Lindsey Graham open up, and then have Diane Feinstein make her opening statement, and then like more or less have them agree on things. Very it similar was things. Very strange. You know, their their perspective on things were different, but like they agreed on the same things, which right. was in today's world is very very rare yeah and yeah the whole i listened to you know i i listened to the whole thing but you know i'm kind of in and out i got the earbud in all day but then i'm also working and taking phone calls and all that so i I miss a lot of it but
1: i think that everyone should listen to that i mean because it was so well-rounded you know because it was so unbiased i think that everyone should listen to that particular hearing um it's Really worth it, no matter what side you're on to help break down whatever narrative you've heard, you know um there were a couple of people that we know on the Republican side that were trying to kind of ignore the findings and still push the narrative of like a little bit of a deep state. It wasn't as. As big of a deal, you know, there was a lot of people still talking about Peter Struck and Lisa Page and, you know, the lawyers that were working there. And how could there not be bias if these people were working there? Yeah. Which, again, I think is really hard to argue when we've seen another report that's already come out that shows that their bias didn't interfere with the investigation that yep. happened. So, I – It's
0: like, who cares? We understand that they're right. Is, you know, newsflash. Everybody is going to be in some capacity. It's just, do they carry that forth unto their work? And is that reflected in their work? And in this case, it appears it didn't. There was some problems, like we said, with the, with the FISA process. And I think that's something that we've kind of – we've had a problem with for a long time. A lot of people just, have had concerns
1: about the FISA yeah, process. It's yeah. just
0: with Donald Trump being in an office and all the, the extra attention that comes with that, the stuff gets the spotlight, which is actually pretty nice. Cause, right. Cause the FISA process, what we're talking about here is you know a legal warrant to spy on people in the country, like in U.S. citizens sometimes. And it's, that's something that we should always have a lookout for because that's something that can be easily, easily abused. You know, it's a lot of the concerns with some of the stuff that came out after 9-11 and the Patriot Act and, you know, some really weird stuff that Snowden had helped blow whistles on and stuff like that. Right. You know, there's, it's good that some of this stuff is coming out in the light and that's, Maybe we can relook at how some of this FISA stuff goes, you know, due to the nature of it being based on counterintelligence, you can't necessarily tell the person that you're trying to get a warrant against them. Right. It doesn't really work well like that where it would in a normal court situation, you know, it doesn't do any good if you're telling the spy, you're about to start spying on it. But that's a, that's a dangerous power. All right, dog, your, your, your attention is, is so disturbing right now. Yeah, you're a good girl, huh? Yeah. So, before we run out of time, I really want to talk about Michael Vick.
1: Yeah, unless yeah. there's
0: something else you want to hit real quick.
1: Um, no, I mean we can talk about Kamala Harris if you want. Oh yeah, um, Har- Kamala you know. Harris is out. The
0: 2020 campaign has uh, more or less gone away in a lot of capacity. Um, impeachment has taken over which is another thing that might affect the election, more or less. How many people running for office are U.S. senators that will be tied up in impeachment hearings that can't right. be on the campaign trail during some of the most important time before Super Tuesdays and the primaries kick off? Yeah. It's a very... it's The timing is rough, but you know, it doesn't affect people like Joe Biden. It doesn't affect people like Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard has come out recently and said she is not going to participate in the next debate, even if she does qualify for it. Which I think is stupid. It's hard stupid. That's a... I mean, if that's a hill to die on, I don't think that's the hill you should die on. But no. whatever, dude, you got to play the game if you want to win the game. But and that's exactly when I was talking to Jordan about. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: is that you? If you want to try and change the way this is done, you got to get there first, and then yeah. you can try and get something done about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Especially if if you're the candidate, if you're if you're the president, right? If you win. You're you're in line, right? You're you're just waiting to be inaugurated. Mm-hmm. You've got a pretty good president to to tell the people in the Democratic National Committee, like, hey, let's take a look at how this is done, because this doesn't seem to be exactly the best way, yeah. you know, for us to decide. I know that I just killed this and I'm here, but come the fuck on, you know. Let's look yeah. at how this had to be done for me to get here. Yeah. So-
0: and she is one of those people too that because she's a US rep, she's not a, a senator. That uh, Is somebody here? I don't know. I, don't know. I've I've heard, heard, I heard some barking. something. You know. I heard some something, too. Either way, maybe wifey got tired of being cold over at the other house and came back home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so she's out. Kamala's out. I mean, Tulsi's not out of the race, but Kamala's actually out of the race. Her, her campaign dissolved. They had some major financial issues. There were some serious human relations problems. That uh, New York Times did some articles on and stuff like that. Doug, come on. Hey, ain't nobody out there. Don't worry about well, it. Well and
1: on her way out, she, you know, took shots at uh, Michael Bloomberg and mm-hmm. what's his face that, you know, so I'm not a billionaire, so I can't, you know, endlessly fund my campaign to do this and this and um and there's calls from Cory Booker afterwards, you know. Uh, um, Corey Booker went whole hog on the diversity issue. Yeah, and talking about I I literally heard a clip of him saying that it wasn't the voters that decided that she wasn't going to be in the race anymore. So actually if, Corey. if the problem is is that you need to have enough enough polling to get in and you need to have enough individual donors how is it not the constituents deciding that she's not going to be in the race anymore especially if she's talking about how much money she has because it doesn't matter how much money michael bloomberg has to make all these ads if he doesn't have enough individual donors he also doesn't qualify for the debate yep That's part of what the confusion around his strategy is, especially not going to these early states like Iowa and stuff like that. He's just going to go straight to California. It doesn't matter. He's not going to be on the debate stage. So I don't understand how that's even a little bit of a legitimate argument, you know, Uh that it's not the voters that are deciding that Kamala Harris isn't going to be on the debate stage when she's not getting enough individual donations to make it. She's having to spend too much money. That doesn't make any fucking sense, especially when she's still – just to break this down even further, right? Especially when she supposedly or would still be campaigning in the early states, right? Michael Bloomberg isn't campaigning in the early states, so you're not competing with him in his endless billions of dollars for airtime in these states. Nope. So explain to me how the fuck it's anyone else's fault – Besides the voters that don't want her to be the candidate, that she's not in the race anymore. I know? think
0: he's just trying to pander to her voting block to see if she can pick anything up. Oh, yeah. If anybody's morally offended, the fact that she's not in the next debate or she had to close her campaign when she should be doing that regardless, he's going to try to suck up those votes.
1: And how can we do this? You know, this is what he's saying. How can we do this if, if we're supposed to be the party of diversity? And there's not going to be diversity on there's stage. There's going to be six white so, people up on that so stage. So it's the, it's the voters' fault. They're racist and they don't want diverse representation, right? Yeah. Not to mention that Kamala Harris was running on a small platform of that black women are the most dependable and large sector of the Democratic Party. They're racist and don't want to be represented. So that's why they're not. But. Do you get that there's not a lot of forethought
0: here to a lot of these things that he's saying? It
1: just it literally doesn't make any sense. It is illogical the way that he is trying to break down her exit from the race.
0: And I think he's just trying to tread water at this point, just try to keep his head above water, because I don't know how he's he's not doing real well either. You know, there there there's I mean it's kind of terrifying when you when you look at the perspectives at this point for 2020. You know, there's still a tiny bit about a time where you see these polls put out now, where they're saying, "Well, what if Hillary Clinton was running? Would you vote for her over Donald Trump?" And then you know, it's like, "Why are we doing that?" She's not running, oh, right? Are we are we trying to pave the way for her so that she can swoop in and save the day? But that's also end of the day, not
1: any more diverse than what we have going on right now. No, you, know?
0: you can't you can't ride the diversity train. It doesn't it doesn't come to a, there's no logical ends to the diversity train. Well, know, there, there is none whatsoever. You remove all right. individuality, individuality out of people. And what are you left with in that, you know, traits of human beings that don't matter. Right. Color, nationality, you know, sex identification, whatever. It, none of it makes sense. It's all non garbage. But when you're looking at the front runners being Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and more or less Pete Buttigieg's playing. He's getting Kamala Harris numbers. He's getting like between. I don't think he's quite broken two digits, except for maybe in like one or two of the state polls or something like that. But totally. nationally, but
1: Mayor Pete's my dark horse.
0: <sighs> Mayor Pete is the dark horse. He may, he may survive. All he's got to do is preach <clears throat> progressivism when he needs to, and keep telling Bernie he's too or. Bernie's crazy, Elizabeth Warren can't count, and Joe Biden's too old,
1: So which is something
0: that pundits already and some of the mainstream guys are already worried about Biden being too old. Yeah. I did love that. Did you see that, his little town hall where he called that dude fat? (laughs)
1: Look fat. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. So, I think it's also obvious, right? And I was listening to Ben Shapiro earlier this week and he was talking about this, that it's obvious that... When they're, especially Courtney Booker, is talking about diversity. He's only talking about racial diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Because when he's talking about the diversity of the people that are going to be on stage, he's not talking about the fact that Mayor Pete is gay, you know, the fact that Andrew Yang is Asian or that Bernie Sanders is, is Jewish, you know, or the fact that Amy Klobuchar is a woman, right? None of these things. Count on the, what he was talking about, like the spectrum of, uh, you know, of intersectionality. It's, there's oh. obviously some type of ranking system here that racial diversity is what really matters, not the fact that there's women and gay dudes on there. The mayor, Pete, would be the first openly gay presidential candidate in U.S. history, right? That doesn't matter. Or the fact that he's Maltese or whatever the fuck that he is, right? It's the, that he's, he's not brown enough. And that's why, you know, he's not diverse enough. That's the Maltese Falcon. Seems super weird. And then that's his he, new name. He also said, um, he's small
0: too, like a Falcon. It's
1: perfect. <laughs> he also said Ben Shapiro. And this is just really funny. Excuse me. That Elizabeth Warren had stolen intersectional valor (laughs) by a line about her heritage.
0: I love – yeah, that's a good one, man, that stolen (laughs) intersectional valor.
1: And the funny thing was he like didn't even laugh. He was so serious and was like just talking and it was just part of his fluid speech. He didn't like stop for emphasis or drama or anything – he legitimately was like, she's stolen intersectional valor. Yep. I was I was dying. I that's, was
0: laughing. That's what makes him funny, man. When he could say something so straight faced and so outrageous that he has a he has a lot of those for Elizabeth Warren, man. It's it's great. I that's where his true comedy lies, is in yeah. that super bland monotone, just kind of meh. I just say this one thing and keep trucking, don't recognize it. Right. Yeah, he's been pretty uh pretty on point lately with some of his uh his version of humor. At least to me, anyways. Yeah, it's it's been pretty funny. I was surprised. We were talking earlier, um, or we were texting about that weird conservative like anti porn thing that's been going around lately on the internet. And he actually talked about it on one of his shows the other day. And it's the first time I've heard him say something about it.
1: What did he say? I haven't listened to that episode yet.
0: Oh, what when I mean he's an Orthodox Jew. I mean, there's it's immoral, it's bad, it's bad for kids, blah, 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 it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think it should be, you know, illegal to you know, maybe you can you throw out some hypotheticals, you can, you know, make it illegal to distribute to minors or something like that. But then with the internet being a thing, how the fuck do you actually do that? And
1: there's no way to stop you're it. You gotta take it's, someone's license number, yeah. bro. You gotta log in with
0: your license number. He brought yeah. that up. He's like, well maybe you could do something with like with your driver's license number. But then oh that's racist because just like with voter ID laws, <laughs> you know now you're now you're saying Black poor minorities can't, can't whack, whack off.
1: <laughs> that's really funny.
0: <laughs> but that's, that's really
1: funny. So that's kind of where, <laughs> where that was. But.
0: I was Lord very Jesus. happy he didn't he didn't awesome. proselytize too much. I mean he's he's written an entire book on his thoughts on pornography and how immoral and all. Oh this, really? You know objectification of women, of you know he degrading is. and all this. He's totally done that. So I I'm not surprised to hear him talk about it. I was just glad that he kept it to one show, you know, and he didn't even dive too much into it in his radio show either, which is nice. Yeah because I, I listen to a lot of that. I like the guests that he has on to his radio show sometimes. Uh Senator Cruz comes on pretty frequently. You know, he's I think he's had Jim Jordan on and you know a bunch of, you know, some of the heavy hitters that we see And, you know, on the Republican side. It's been pretty interesting. He did have a blowout once with a a leftist teacher on a live call while she was calling in in front of her class. Oh, really? Yeah, that did not go so well. It's about like the trans and sports issue, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. I don't know what led us down this rabbit hole. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I know, no. Oh, I, well, I was talking about. I, I
0: made a semi-successful joke, and my mind just went blank after that. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so you said you want to talk about Michael
1: Vick. So we're going oh, to yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. So okay. let me do the sports news, and then Good we'll talk catch. about Michael Vick. Huh? Um, so let's see here.
0: I'm in sports the new playoffs. Not the winner's bracket, but <laughs> Jordan is, though.
1: Um, yeah, I noticed. Jordan is, and I'm in one of my other leagues, but not in the other one, not in the Bennett League, but in the, the other league that I do. Who do you think is going to take? Experience. Now that we're
0: kind of, we don't have a dog in the hunt, I think Isaiah is going to take it.
1: Uh, Jordan beat Isaiah last week. So um, Chad nice. is the one that has the near flawless record. Yeah, he um, wrecked
0: me this year.
1: He is playing Lacey this week, and Jordan is playing Casey Bowman. Um and so the winner of that, those two matchups will play each other next week. Jordan, I think, has a serious chance to beat Casey this week. I think week. so. Um and like, he's Lacey, been good, but he hasn't been unstoppable right, last year. Right. And Lacey has a good team, and so she has a chance to beat Chad, you know, if
0: mm-hmm. if she can get like some really good matchups going. So well, I got a vendetta against Lacey, so it's she fucked on me a lot last year. I was not happy with it.
1: I would really like for Jordan to win, you know. I'm sure I you would. would. like for that to, to
0: be the case. It had nothing um, to do with that pot of gold at the end, right?
1: No. We just also... want to be a strong,
0: supportive husband.
1: Well, we both also decided that, like, whoever wins, you know, like... You get to privately decide what you're going to do with this money. Like this is a thing that you want. Oh, that's you cool. Know? Yeah, and like so this is this uh, is
0: some extra fun money. You right, do whatever you right. want with it. Exactly. Yeah, you
1: decide how non-family you're spend funds that. exactly. That's you know? fun.
0: And if you want to do
1: that, you know, then you can. But you also can buy a bunch of shit, you know, and fucking
0: neither of us is going to say anything. So that's dope. So who knows? You know what this is going to be? Yeah, especially uh, if you're a awesome big supportive husband part of that might come out like a christmas present or something you know that's what i'm saying
1: <laughs> she i learned
0: this week um
1: she will not tell me what it is obviously because it's a birthday present but um you know my favorite tell them steve dave universe character is sunday jeff mm-hmm. right
0: um, and Who so you sh- ap- Oh, no, you almost talked to him on the phone.
1: Uh, right, right. Um, and so Jordan called the stash and I guess spoke with Sunday Jeff himself and is in direct collaboration for some type of birthday gift that she sent something to New Jersey to, f- for, you know, for Sunday Jeff mm-hmm. for it to be sent back to her with some type of something. So I don't know. Um I'm
0: excited about this.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm tapping
0: into that private line. I got to know what's going on. Yeah, so I can lord it over you for a while. I'm
1: not sure what the deal is, but I'm excited to see what happens. Um, It's going to be pretty sweet. So, oh hell yeah, yeah! And I got her a really great Christmas present. I can't tell you because she's going to listen to this, but um, I'll tell you when we're done post show. It's really awesome, but I think that that's. I think that's what I was going to say about that. Okay. (laughs) Just just the Sunday Jeff thing. Um, Okay. So let's see here. So sports, right. So Russell Wilson is the first QB ever um, to have eight winning seasons in his first eight seasons. First one ever. Start Starter's career, eight consecutive winning
0: seasons. Now, is it bad that that doesn't surprise me? Like, I don't really care about that because I'm like, yeah, of course, Russ, dude. Who else? Russ is solid, bro. Yeah. Who else? Like, I feel like since we're living through these insane stats that he puts up, we don't really – we don't look at it maybe as as intensely as we should. We forget almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because Tom Brady's still a thing. Tom Brady wasn't a thing. Well, Tom Brady's playing like
1: shit this year, you know. And for some reason, you know, Russell Wilson stays getting slept on. I don't know why people don't appreciate him for what he is around (laughs) the country, you know. But us being here – we do, and then we get called homers and shit like that. So like, well, you just love him because he's a Seahawks. Like, but if he were somewhere else, I would not be able
0: to deny that he's maybe one of the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah, you know? I'd hate him if he was somewhere else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Constantly. I just get to love him because he's,
0: he's here. You just know? like why I can't hate on New England fans for loving Matt or fucking Brady.
1: Or Aaron Rodgers, you know, like you can Like even yeah. even when he's having his lows, you know, Aaron Rodgers still – has
0: He's still Aaron Rodgers. still
1: has the potential to be the best quarterback on the field any given Sunday. Yeah. He may go out Maybe and throw for five someday. touchdowns. Like yep. he, he might do that. And there's no telling when it will happen. But he might just be like, here I am. I'm going to throw five Hail Marys today. And they're all going to hit. And they're all going to be touchdowns. And it's going to be great. You know? <laughs> it's going to be There's, great. There's no – and it seems to be that, you know, there's a couple of people that are like that. You know, Patrick Mahomes, there seems to be some times where he just is going to come out and throw five, six touchdowns and win the fucking game. You that's know? dope. It's, that's just kind of how it goes. Lamar Jackson, he broke Michael Vick's season rushing record. So, he has the most rushing yards by quarterback ever, um, Lamar Jackson. He's Jeez. running all over the place. Yeah. Um, Jack Doyle. Signed a contract extension, three years, $21 million. Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson signed a new contract extension, $54.2 million. I think it's over like four years, 28 guaranteed, 16 signing bonus. Who is this? Um, Panthers linebacker Shaq linebacker. Thompson.
0: Linebacker. Yep. um
1: <laughs> Adam Vinatieri went on IR. He's going to have to have knee surgery. This is his 24th NFL season. Comes to a close,
0: no wonder he's having knee surgery. Hopefully, he'll
1: <laughs> fucking retire. Um, the Cardinals cut Terrell Suggs, Spygate 2.0. Yeah, the Patriots are under investigation you again. Know, yeah, for taping Bengals, uh, play calls from their press box. So we'll see, you know. um Bill Belichick says that it was an independent film crew from Kraft Productions, who is Robert Kraft, you know, is the owner of the Patriots. And they make Mm. little documentaries and videos and stuff about the team and shit like that. And so that's what they say it's from. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about that the next time we're on here. Obviously, if you've been watching football in the last 10 years, you know that the Patriots have already dealt with one allegation. And uh, you know, been found to have been taping practices once before. So it's something about like some deflated balls, I remember. You know what's really funny <laughs> is that I'll bring that up to Chad, and he's like, he's family's from Michigan, and so he's a huge Tom Brady fan because Tom Brady went to Michigan. You know. And so I'll bring that up. And he's like, that's bullshit, bro. He's like, it's proven. Like, that was nothing. It's like, "You do what What would even matter if the footballs were deflated? Like, it's not going to change anything. <laughs> and he gets so heated every time we talk about it. And I love bringing it up to him. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Alshon Jeffries on IR. I think with his fucking, like, a foot injury is what they said. The Ducks are going to the fucking Rose Bowl, bitch. So.
0: So. Before we talk about Michael Vick. Yes. Minshaw. Gardner Minshew, yes. Yeah, he's back. He's back, that. but I, he I hasn't been doing.
1: But he's been okay. He's been okay, but he hasn't been killing it like he was before. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars just kind of look
0: like shit right now. So they so. just thrown him in there just because they came Uh
1: Nick Foles was terrible. Came out, looked terrible. So they started to- uh, Bro, you're not Gardner ready. You're not said, ready. Yeah, they're like, you just, you look horrible. We paid, obviously, far too much money for you to be here, so- we're just gonna. I'm not sure. What they they paid him a bunch of money. I don't know what yep. they're gonna do. So um there's so much money thrown around in football. Man, they're stuck saying, with him. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. They are in a maybe he in just a bad spot, he, maybe it was so.
0: just too early. He didn't get to play all year, basically, and he's just garbage because he hasn't yeah, so we'll, played. Yeah, uh, played, played. We'll see. You know, playing, played, played,
1: played. 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 The fuck? <laughs> not even high. He hasn't been playing, you know. You yep. can say that. Yep. He has
0: not played. And yeah. so how is he expected to be good? He hasn't played all season, man. Right. Cuz everybody, I mean, you can only do so much before the beginning of the season, right? You train and you practice blah 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 and then once, but then you're in it for the season and you're getting better and better and better or worse, you know, but you're playing the game and right. exposed to it and you know. I would just kind of assume at this point. Okay, we just had a wash season because he got hurt too bad. We'll yeah. Try again next year. He might be good next year. We'll, we'll fucking see, man. We'll we will will fucking see. We
1: know anything if he can get to the postseason, then he'll be all right. But during the regular season, he looks like shit. So yeah, we'll see. So, Michael Vick, Vick so, nasty. Um, last week or maybe it was two weeks ago. You know, the honorary Pro Bowl captains were announced, and Michael Vick was was selected as one of the captains. And immediately there is a storm of, you know, petitions and outcries of, you know, Michael Vick is a piece of human trash and he's a horrible person and he did all these things. And I, I'm wow. not, let's just preface, right, with no one is denying anything that Michael Vick did or how fucking horrible dogfighting is or any of the things that Michael Vick did horrible. Horrible shit, right? No one is denying that. Let's just fucking get that straight from the beginning. Amen. Right? Because that's, you know, it's all these pictures being shared about, like, you know, never forget this because this is what it is and this is what needs to be remembered. You know, fuck Michael Vick. Um, It's
0: cancel culture shit. It's really what it is. is. That's kind kind of of what... I start because I we you texted me about this or something, right? And we started I started thinking about it. And originally we had talked about like that road to redemption, and is it even possible to do that in public eye anymore? And but I started to think about it. I was like, this is just another way for cancel culture to show up in sports again.
1: Right, right. Because at this point, I truly like you said, I'm truly confused as to at what point do we let the man move on with his life. Went to jail. Served time. Went to prison. Did his fucking time, paid all of his fines, actively works for animal rights now, right? Mm-hmm. Outside, it's it's no longer court-mandated community service for him to be working with animal rights, donating his own money, spending his own time, testifying in front of Congress, right? So, I, again, am not defending anything that Michael Vick did the same way that I wouldn't defend the horrible actions of anybody else who did anything horrible, Right. But I am confused as to at what point he is allowed to move on and be recognized for the things that he did in the career that he had and try and rebuild his life and get past the things, the mistakes that he's made, you know. Mm-hmm. And by, you you know, calling the mistakes, I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, he just, he fucked up, you know. He just, it was an accident. Like, none of it was an accident. All of it was on purpose. He made the choice to do all those things. But there's yeah. still mistakes, right?
0: Which is and why like, he went to jail yeah, and actually served time. Yeah. And if we can't understand that we have a legal process that has consequences, then what do we have a, a legal process for? Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. He we have decided collectively that you go to jail for this long for doing this thing. He did that. And now he's back and trying to keep going with his life. Is that not okay?
1: And I think one of the best one of the the best comparisons I saw was with Amber Geiger. You know, with that Dallas police officer that yes. shot that guy yep. in his house, right? That they're like, he, she's crying and hugging this guy's brother. And so we're like, damn, she's obviously really sorry about what she did, you know? And so we should really try and be like light on her, you know? No. But, but Michael Vick, and again, I'm not saying dogfighting is any less than murder. I'm not comparing crimes, right? They both did horrible fucking things. With Michael Vick, he's done his time already, done all this extra shit. But still, fuck him and everything that he did. But because she's upset in the courtroom after she took somebody's life, we need to really consider that she feels bad about what she did and that matters, you know? And I don't – the cognitive dissonance that you have to play into to hold both of those things is fucking ludicrous. (laughs) Like, I don't understand it, you know? It's when your idea is that the judicial system and the penal system is to rehabilitate. Now that all this is done, how is he not supposed to be considered rehabilitated? I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. You, you know? got a success case on your hands, and, people. And you don't have to. You don't have to condone his actions to think that he should be able to be recognized for being one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football. Because that's why it just took ten years for one person to come close to his rushing record. Because I think that Lamar Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards. In one season, than Tom Brady has in the last like ten years. Surprise! You know what I'm saying? So you just—I I don't understand.
0: I—I I truly don't get it. Like where that comes from? That it's because it's so emotional. That's really what it is. I mean, the idea that you can't—you there is no road to redemption if you do something so egregious in the eyes of. The court of public opinion that you're no you're just canceled your right. life is over you have to go away in a hole now where nobody can ever see or hear you again yeah and that's that's no society that anybody should ever want to be a part of because you're going to do stupid shit too and somebody one day you might be running for office. one day one day you might be the an actor or a musician or something famous, and somebody's gonna bring up some shit that you tweeted when you were 13 years old, and we're calling, you know, dropping what you, hard R's on if, Twitter or something right, like that. Right. Or, or
1: I, who knows? It doesn't matter what. It, it, if these are the standards, you and I will never be famous, and it's my fault because. No, that's gonna make us famous. It's just not. I, we'll ride the wave, dude. It's fine. <laughs> You know, the list of things that I've done when I was a kid that I'm not proud of now is just about fucking endless, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would. I don't know, man, it would take just a, you know, just a phone call from any number of women that felt that I treated them poorly when I was young to be like, he's a piece of garbage and shouldn't be allowed to tell any young men, you know, about anything that's going on. And I've. Fuck me, man! Like I don't. If if you can't if you can't become a different person after recognizing you know what you've done, mm-hmm. then I don't know uh, what's left. I no. mean, I mean, again, just to just to add to the things that Nihilism. he's doing, right? He's Michael Vick is also actively working in that community that he came from to try and turn around that culture of dogfighting that exists, right? I watched a documentary about Michael Vickery was talking about that that's in the neighborhood he grew up in. That's just like what people do. Like he mm-hmm. learned dog fighting like from his, from his family and the people in his neighborhood, you know? And so he like actively trying to fight against that because it's a culture that's just being brought up in there. It's like fucking cockfighting. you know, like that yeah. shit happens. <clears throat> and there's still groups of people that are like, this is part of my culture and I want to be fucking doing it. Like I should be able to cockfight if I want. And I just, Fucking bullfight, it doesn't make it them. right, you know. Yeah. But fuck, like,
0: yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff that's still out there that we're trying to figure out how to deal with. Yeah, you know, and, and it's some of it's pretty tough. I mean, you know, I get bullfighting in Spain is something that's still pretty raw, stabbing them days. to death, yeah, multiple times. Right. I mean, there's nothing good about that situation, man. But it's still clinging on. It's. You know, it'll it'll all figure itself out in the wash, man. We all got to remember that on a societal level, all the things that we do every day as a society, the stuff doesn't necessarily change within a lifetime, much less multiple times within a lifetime. Yeah. You know, these things take generations to work themselves out. And a lot of the questions that we're asking today will not get answered in our lifetime. At least not yours. I'm immortal, so <laughs> it's not really a big deal. Um. But yeah, it's 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 a strange thing, man. I he's is he still gonna he's gonna accept the as far as I know. Yeah, I mean,
1: the the petition. Yeah, I don't. It seems like he's still up there as far yeah. as I know. So. NFL
0: holds pretty strong still. I think. We'll, oh, I was things, gonna look so. up the Pro Bowl. Oh, the that's, Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. That's always like the weekend between uh, the what do you call it? Not the semifinals. semifinals, like the last playoff game before the Super Bowl. Pro Bowl. Right. They always play the Pro Bowl in between. Sunday, January 26th. Season. There you so,
1: go. Yeah, it's before the Super Bowl. Where's so, Super Bowl out this
0: year, you know? Off the top super, of your head. I think
1: it's in Miami. Ooh. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's interesting. In
1: February. It's like in the, February. Like the 3rd or something like that, yeah.
0: Interesting. It's always in February. It's good. Otherwise, it'd be hotter in Hades. Yeah. <laughs> you Gotta go during the wintertime, man.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the idea is for it to be, you know... Like pretty, don't go to de- pretty don't go reasonable to- temperatures every yeah.
0: time. Don't go to Denver in the middle of you know yeah. December. Don't go to Miami in the middle of the summertime.
1: And a couple of years ago, it was in Arizona, you know, in February. <sighs> yeah. so Arizona in February has got to be pretty all right. So
0: I think they like it to be pretty moderate temperatures, yeah. you know, so that it's Makes like sense. fair for everyone. Just put it right smack dab at the geographical center of the country and just they, build one they stadium the location there. every year and it's yeah. set out like, I think like four or five years in advance they have locations set out. So Yeah, so you know, we, we need a central location right in the geometric center of the country and then we need Elon Musk to build some fucking vac tubes in like a wagon wheel shape going across the country. That way everybody can get to the centralized location of the Super Bowl every year <laughs> and have a massive concentration of people in one spot and it's Built especially for the Super Bowl.
1: In a dome where the climate is exactly controlled exactly perfectly.
0: Yeah, it'll be in a biodome. Yeah, That's yeah. what we need. We need it in a biodome. And then there'll be crazy like seating all up the biodome because you're going to have to have millions of seats for this thing because millions of people are going to go because it's going to be $20 a pop and everybody can go see the Super Bowl.
1: Edible plants all around the stadium so you can just grab fruit and
0: stuff off the plants while you're sitting there. No, this thing needs to like belch carbon emissions. Well, if it's a biome, you know, on the inside, not on the outside. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's know.
1: what I'm saying. On the inside, like when you're sitting in the stands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be sitting like-
0: on like yeah, natural. What, what are those? Um, the ground cover plants that you can get, like the super soft moss and stuff for gardens yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You'll sit on like you know terraced succulents. Yeah, there you go. You'll mm-hmm. sit on like terraced bench seats of natural. You know, walk on foliage and it'll yeah. be beautiful and With green fruit, and crisp. And yes,
1: fruit plants grow, so you can just grab shit. Fruit.
0: Oh man, yeah. definitely peanuts that come out pre-baked and salted. <laughs> Jeez, what a what a utopia that would be.
1: Yeah, get on it, Musk. <laughs> I'm on it. Fuck this truck that you're building. I need a
0: dude. Uh, bio the truck dome, is right? ridiculous. I need a Please. It's a fucking Hummer. Fucked a Delorean. That's what it's it looks a like.
1: Weird looking truck. Yeah. I'd
0: want one, but it's weird. It is. I will say that word.
1: So, unless you have anything else, I think that we're going to get a does, line, get baby, get out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're not in here. So <laughs> Woo! Whoo. Oh, I'm kind of disappointed, disappointed that it's not so.
0: dark because I've noticed uh, you're talking about the lack of out outer lighting for Christmas on your house, right? Yeah. That is not the case in this neighborhood. No. Oh, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> I drive around at night light show everywhere.
1: There's one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, please. I meant to talk about it in the pre-show, but I keep fucking forgetting about it. So maybe I'll talk about it the next time, but just don't let me forget, right? I want to talk about the Crocodile Man's kids. Remember Steve Irwin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about his kids because fuck them. Oh, that's, I fucking hate the Crocodile Man's kids. That's So that's what I'll end on this week, is that I fucking hate the Crocodile Man's kids and the next time that I'm on this show... I'll elaborate why I fucking hate them. But Bindi and whatever the kid's name is, the boy, I don't know what his name is, but I fuck them and and that's
0: it. So let me let me hit this line. That is yeah. so gonna be an opening line for the show. Somewhere. <laughs> one of those little clips. <laughs> fuck the crocodile man's kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fuck them. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that.
0: <laughs> I'll need to look into it. I I honestly, I quit following that stuff after he died. I was like, well, it's dead to me. I don't care. Kids are gone. I don't care if these kids are doing the same thing. I think they are, right? They are.
1: They're doing the same thing. And fuck them because I keep seeing all these articles, you know. The last one that made me write that down was that the son was talking about how, like, he was honored, you know, that he was going to be able to get to walk his sisters down the aisle when they got married. And he was like, I'm not upset about it. I'm honored. So I'm just going to leave it there just to throw even more confusion into the wind. Fuck the crocodile man's kids <laughs> and that's part of what made me what made me. They're bad people that. and I'm so, going to die on that hill. With that, you're going to get killed. And I came here to stand next to you while that happens because that's what friends do. That's what men do.
0: I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that shit out. (laughs) That'll be a bleep.